What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the Awkward Throw Clear with Aaron Chalupa. This is episode 9 with Colin Isner. Eisner. Something like that. I'm sure they'll have a conversation about it shortly. This is... This podcast, as all podcasts, are brought to you by our great sponsors, 2020 Print Media. For all your printing needs, you need a jersey or something amazing. They do our hats. They do our t-shirts. They got some more stuff for our live events coming up. They do all our decal stickers. 905-609-7979. Of course, I can't do it without the OGs of the sponsorship game. Superior Finish Painting Co. They do that. Hashtag, we do that. Uh, Nine... 289-979-9000. Find out what you need. They can do it. As well, we are in the last couple days of our campaign with Barrage Sale. If you go to our Facebook page, the top pinned post is all about Barrage Sale. If you you sign up through that app, we get a kickback to that. Help fund the podcast. Help our good things going. Help the dream stay alive. Uh, Okay, so this, this was recorded a couple weeks back. Uh, I've been slacking and delayed. Again, I apologize for that. Aaron messaged me a couple days ago. He is enjoying Europe. If you if you checked out episode 94, Chilling with Chalupa number two, Aaron talked about his trip in Europe. He made it there safely. I'm sure he's having the time of his life. I'm sure we'll hear all about it on our upcoming podcast. But he did message me to let me know that he is recording podcasts there. And he's got two in the bank, so we'll get those out as soon as I can get them. Uh, with that being said, we've got a couple more things going on. I'm excited. Check out our Instagram page for any and all questions. Uh, our Facebook page is our backup after that, but Instagram just so easy and so easy to do. Okay, on with the show. This is a long one, so get down, get comfy, and enjoy the sweet sounds of the Chalupa Cabra. <coughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Art. <coughs> The The Awkward Throat Clear. Now here's your host, Erin Chalupa. And how's it going there, Not After 30 Podcast listeners? This is Erin Chalupa, the Chalupa Cabra. Chalup, Chalupa Poop, Doop, 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 Doop. Chalapa Loopa Count Chocula. Loopy, Loopa Doop. Yeah, this is the Awkward Throat Clear. I'm not even sure what episode we're at. I think we're like episode 8 or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm with uh, Colin Eisner. Eisner? Eisner. You know what? No one's ever going to get it right. <laughs> Eisner. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they said they said it in the you know, hockey games before. They'd say it properly. Oh, my God. Like, I'm just going to, quick story. I got, when I was second year junior, I got a penalty. No, I got an assist on a goal. What team were you playing with? Because this is an Ontario group so, podcast. So Shout out to Ontario. <laughs> yeah, um, sadly. I play for the Welland Junior Canadians, which is a junior B club. I've been to um, Welland. Pardon me? I've been through Welland. Oh, really? Yeah, Ooh, nice. I was almost going to go to school there. Oh, at Niagara College? Yes. Oh, nice. For brewing. For brewing, yeah. yep. Okay. Yep. Tour of the campus and everything. Yep. Very nice. Continue. Anyway, um, yeah, Niagara Junior, or Niagara Junior, uh, Welland Junior Canadians, Junior B Club. We were a feeder club to the Niagara Ice Dogs of the OHL. Um, so, yeah, that's where I played. And it's one game. I got an assist on a goal. They said my name completely right. Colin Eisner, so on and so forth. Then I got a penalty. And I don't know how the announcer screwed it up because he was the one that announced my announced my assist, and it was like, you know, penalty to number sixteen, uh, Colin Eisner. <laughs> and I've never I've never heard that pronunciation. There's no e, there's no z, there's no, I don't know how. Like, it was stupid. But yeah, you know what? 
That's really far fetched. And this is the funny thing is because they said it right and then they said it wrong. That's what I'm saying. And it was the same commentator. And actually, to continue that story, I actually saw my because me and my dad, um, my like my brother and I were were split up for that season. So my dad would always come to my games and my mom would go to my brother's games. So my dad, I actually saw him walk around the arena mm-hmm. and go up into the announcer's box and mm-hmm. said, "This is how you say my name." <laughs> right. So yeah. I think I got another penalty that game. And <laughs> I was just like waiting for it. I was like, okay, are they going to say my last name wrong again? And I didn't even care about the, the penalty as selfish as that sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like, okay, they said it right. <laughs> because my, my, when we were driving home from the game, my dad's like, yeah, I actually walked up. I was like, yeah, I saw you. <laughs> so that was, that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, like in, in hockey, you hear it all the time. Even to this day, it's always Yarmer Yager, Yarmer Yager, Yarmir. Yeager? Yammy Yeager. You know, like, Yager? They, they get fucking Don Cherry. Yeah, he's, exactly. always, he's always going off the rest. And even like, I had somebody, because like, he's Czech and, you know, I've, I've got Czech background. Yes, so I, yeah. I want to correct people as much as possible. It is Yager, mm. not Yeager. Yeah. Um, not like the drink. <laughs> and like, even my dad said Yeager one time. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, your dad is Czech. <laughs> like, come on. And then Patrick, Patrick Eliash, or yeah. Patrick Eliash, yeah. and it's Eliash. Yeah. Um, so it's, it can be pretty frustrating sometimes yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, it's funny that your dad went to the box there. I was just listening to, um, 630 Ched, mm-hmm. uh, it's Edmonton radio station and they cover, uh, Oilers games and they have the oil commentator. And yeah, like, I saw so a billboard outside the mall. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Bob Stoffer. Yeah. Uh, I listened to that a lot, you know, obviously I'm an Oilers fan. And the funny thing was, it's not really so much funny, but they were talking about guys from Smithers, BC. One guy got confused and thought this one hockey player was from Smithers as well. I forget his name right now, but this is back in like the 70s or 80s. And it was very tragic. Uh, He got drafted by the Vancouver Canucks and he was playing for him. And his dad was a trapper and I think a logging trucker or something like that. And they weren't playing the the Vancouver Canucks game, his debut game on TV. So he actually went to the station and with a gun, and at gunpoint was telling them to switch the 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 like no to play this yeah. game because he couldn't make the actual yeah. Vancouver game because yeah. he's like, oh, fuck, I forget where he was somewhere around Prince George somewhere yeah. way up north and back yeah. in the seventies where it'd be just remote as yeah, heck of course um, and yeah he actually got gunned down by the RCMP sadly yeah wow yeah no it was pretty harsh and apparently I like, again I wish I knew it. Like, if you if you search Vancouver Canucks. Um, like you know, radio, radio, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, you should be able to find it. And apparently, there's actually a, like a made-for CBC movie on the incident too. Oh no! Because way. the player himself actually went through a hard time as well, and actually got ended up getting shot later on in his career too. It was, it was just wow, unbelievable. I can't. I, I really wish. It, yeah, very like, sorry, to everybody. I forget the name and everything. Yeah, but, that's uh, an unfortunate domino effect, eh? Yeah, that's yeah, weird. absolutely oh. crazy. But uh, yeah, getting back to it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Hogger Throw Clear, Clear with Aaron Chaluba and Colin Eisner. Yep. Uh, this is the rookie uh, firefighter for uh, Hack Two. So Hell Attack Crew or Helicopter Attack Crew Number Two. I used to be on Hack Two. Yeah, man. Back when it was my rookie year and my second year. So it, you know. Boom. I see, I see a lot of potential in this. This is yeah. meant to be. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, passing it off. Like, I was a rookie there, too, once. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but you've been bouncing around. So, you're on Hack 2. Yeah. And then... You know what? This is how it started. I Wait, no, you were, no, you were Hack 7. I started with Hack you, 7. You were with Kerry. With, yeah, with, yeah, you were with Kerry. Hack 7. Um, actually, before the season started, so I went to school with, now, who is my leader, Spencer Beery. Yep. Yep. I was supposed the to be on Swiss his miss. crew. Yeah, I was supposed to be on Spencer's crew at the start of the season. Like when I was at school with him, I was supposed to be on his crew. I was like, oh, this is sweet. I get to go to, mm-hmm. I get to work with someone that I go to school with. So like, I know someone that yep. I work with. 
And I was like, okay, no, now I'm with Carrie. So I met Carrie at members training course in Hinton, yeah. and which was perfect. Yeah, because he, he was mentoring. Yeah, but then at one point I was supposed to be on Cam's crew. Like, we were supposed to be, like, the heavy artillery crew. Like, yeah, I remember seeing that lineup. I was like, that's a heavy crew. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, ended up, so I started off the season with uh, Hack 7 with Carrie. Uh, and then he left for his Parks Canada job. And then I got, uh, well, then I was still with Hack 7, but then Carla got uh, promoted to crew leader. Yep. So Carla was my crew leader on Hack 7, and then uh, everyone... That was, was only there. for a few days, though, That right? was for a week. Yeah. yeah exactly, yeah, one yeah. week. It was just a big, big uh, transition period. Yeah, and then yeah. she eventually went on to Hack 8 yes. and went to BC. Yes, and yeah. I was supposed to be there, too, but uh, had a wedding to go to back home. Yeah. And I was up in Yellowknife with my parents, and it was just an absolute, like... Dude, I missed it on Montana. Yeah, but you know what, man? I mean, I wish I could have done both. I was super happy to go home, but... Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, it was... We had a good time here, anyway. Oh, yeah. Freaking, we were killing it. We had a lot of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I was with Carla for a week, and then I got thrown out to Cam's crew. Yep. Cam is Hack 2. Yep. Yes. And yeah, so I'm with Hack One. Actually, I was with Hack, now you're hack to, One. To, 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 to correct you, yeah, because you said it was on Hack Two. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny, even funny is I was a Hack Seven last year. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. it works out. It yeah. Works out. Um, yeah. So I went with Hack Two with Cam uh, for a week. Another, or it was like a week in like three or four days because we got a, a call back, mm-hmm. and then I went on unnecessary days off, and then I got thrown onto a crew with uh, with Spencer. So I got back from. My sister's wedding, mm-hmm. drove up from Edmonton, and then I got shipped out to Steen, and today I just came back from Steen. Last day, man. Yeah. Well, I guess technically tomorrow for decommencement, but yeah. Yes, sir. So I've been on four crews this year. Yeah. To sum it all up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. And I was telling uh, my rookie, uh, we were talking about him in the last podcast, Noah Stevens. Um, I'm not sure if we mentioned this on the podcast or not, but I was very proud of him and uh, expressed it, so um, you know, as such. Uh I really like it when a rookie can get a full experience of what's going on because you get like you get a lot of rookies at the beginning of the season. It's like, oh yeah, I've been on all these fires. I'm already certified and stuff. It's like, well, you've only been on uh, the reservation fires. Yeah. And it's the same thing: a bit of snow, a bit of dry grass, uh, reservation, and you know how to put it out eventually. Yeah. You haven't seen C two burn. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, sorry, uh, coniferous. Uh, you haven't seen that burn. You haven't seen this burn. You haven't seen that burn. You haven't been on these lightning fires, you know. So you, you haven't you haven't been on a fire with a bird dog haven't and got that three heavies yeah. and uh, heavy helicopters and all that kind of stuff. So for him, that was really good. He was able to see uh, on two fires CL two fifteens, so water bombers uh, that we call them ducks. Uh, he's been on fires where we saw the tractors. He's been on fire where we saw the air tankers. He's been on fires where we had multi crews. Even like he's always seen a lot of different situations with these fires. To me, that's a really good way to, for a rookie to experience it. And also in your case, mm-hmm. where yeah. you've experienced different leaders, how they work, yep. good things and bad, how they can pass it on to you. Because from what I've seen from you is that eventually you could be a leader. Mm-hmm. If you stuck with this a few more years, took the leader course, right mm-hmm. now you're in school, so it makes yep. it kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what I like to see is a, li- a little bit of diversity and change and stress on the rookie in the sense of, all right, this is a new crew you're on. Here's a bunch of change we're throwing at you. Now you're in a tent in Steen. Yep. Now you're uh, in Rainbow and you only have two more days until you're on days off. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to be sent to uh, BC. Now you're on this crew yeah. with a new leader and new crew. 
get used to it. Yeah. You, you have a new call sign. You have a new, yeah. um, you know, a new helicopter every day, mm-hmm. kind of thing like that. Mm-hmm. So it was always these challenges where you have some rookies that just, you know, in some districts like, say, Calgary, mm-hmm. where you get to see one type of fire the whole time, which is an old abandoned campfire, and that's all you get to see yeah. the entire summer. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, like, I mean, my experience with just getting shipped around with different crews was fantastic. And my first IC, which is short for um, uh, Incident Commander, so basically, I'm just kind of like the head honcho of the whole show, uh, the whole fire uh, thing. So uh, I that was got, with Cam, correct? That was with Cam, yeah. So yeah. I was like, I wasn't with my original crew, so I was with a, a new crew of people, a new flock of people, and um, we were on a big fire flap day. That's when one nine six blew up. Yep. So there's so much. Traffic. Yeah, we were on that. Bus. Yes. Yeah. So there's yeah. so much radio traffic, and I got just thrown into a situation where there was just everything. Mm-hmm. Tankers this, tankers that, fire attack crews, secondary crews, all this, all this, all this stress on the uh, on the radio, and I was super happy I got thrown out of that situation because, um, for one thing, we actually had a dispatch first, and then we got diverted back to Footner, which is our home base here in high level, and then we landed. Half an hour later, we got shot up into the air. It's like, okay, you know, Ken, who was in our assessment machine, was like, okay, guys, this is a confirmed fire, like, because they got there before. We got to our fire and I was like, holy cow. So <laughs> I'm on the radio. I'm trying to get in contact with Ken on channel 36. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't because there's just so much chatter going on. So we kind of made up our own little, our own uh, channel on the radio. And I finally got in contact with him. So there's so much stress over the radio. Yeah. But once we landed and Cam's like, Colin, this is your show. What do you want us to do? So I picked <laughs> out, like, what do we got? Like, you know, you take your piss back, you take your hand tools. And that's it because this is like a one tree wonder. It was like 0.01 of a hectare, so it was tiny, but it was it was still fun. It was the walk in yeah. was great, and, um, so I'm really happy I got that experience where I just got in all this radio chatter and just got all like. And I I think I I kept pretty composed, and I yep. know that Charlotte, one of our dispatchers, um, was like she just you know we we talked after my fire when we came mm-hmm. out to base here, and she's like you did a really good job for yeah. being all. Uh, when when you're involved with all the the radio chatter and I was like sweet cool because yeah. I think I I think I messed up one of the call signs on on Ken's assessment. Oh, that'll happen, man. And he's like, Colin, you got my call sign right? Because I I heard that I think there's a lot of radio chatter and we got walked on and interfered with. Yeah, and, that's and he, he was like, oh, it's all good, man. And this was over the radio. I was like, this is sweet, cool. Yeah. And it made me super comfortable. Yeah. And then after that, I was just like, I felt really good. Uh, what, what I've been told with um as well is with uh, you know, when you're on. Sorry, our listeners. Uh, what I've been told with uh, listening, or sorry, uh, when you're talking on the radio is kind of be relaxed, but be clear and precise mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, and and short as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get your point across clearly, effectively, describe it as well as you can, but you know, be relaxed at the same time. Yeah. I've got criticized for that, but in the end, it's I've never had any criticism over overhead. Yeah. But uh, no, it's it's all good. You know, like that's the thing. You you learn from it as well. And like, your first time I'm seeing, I'm sure a lot of people gave you a good leash. You know, or just I like, mean, oh yeah, no, we're not going to critique him too much because this yeah. is the first time. Well, you know, and the thing about radio is that you can actually still take your time on the radio and think about what you're going to say because that's what they really want at the end of the day. I mean, I, they don't want too long of a, a, a like a break in between radio uh chatter but mm-hmm. i mean i would have like cam like just like kind of whispering in my ear like okay this is what you say i was like mm-hmm. okay that makes sense and then i kind of would just kind of take control I was like yeah and i was like cam was that all right like, no, i would have said the exact same thing so translate in your own words yeah exactly you know, best your ability um, exactly 
So it, it's it's kind of like he was, you know, Cam was super confident in me, and he was really appreciative of of me joining their crew for the short tenure that I had. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was that was a really cool time. Well, I'm sure you'll see like some really good positive feedback yeah. coming uh, year end review yeah, and everything I hope too. So, so. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, no, uh, it's just uh, update your listeners. Uh, piss pack is a term that we use for a Wajax bag, which also you probably don't know about, but it's a backpack of water, and we have kind of a hose coming in from the bottom of it and a pump. So we can shoot like kind of a, it's kind of like a water gun. Yeah, basically um, a really intense water gun. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> about a, like 50 liters or something. Yeah, like uh, yeah, it, I think it can carry up to about 35, 40 pounds of water. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so. they're, they're, they're very effective. And yeah. They're, they're good for when you need to run around quickly. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. How do you think your season went? This you was excited. This was a fantastic season. They're like, so I've lived on my own for like four years now. This is like my fifth year, and I've been through the whole university thing. I'm on college, so I, I've I've lived on my own for uh, college. Where? College in uh, Fleming College in Lindsay, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And you're taking forestry tech. Right on. Just like a lot of people here. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so I've been on my own, but I've never actually lived this far away from home before, and um, so I was actually scared. Mm-hmm. Like any normal human being, I think would be. And how old are you? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Just great. fresh, freshly turned twenty-five. Yeah. Um, so um, it's not like moving was a big deal, but I mean, like moving basically, you know, across the country was it was a big thing for me. But I was super excited, and you know, coming here, knowing that um, um, I had Spencer Beery here, who's again my crew leader here on a on Hack uh, Hack One. Um, maybe super comfortable. And then just like my first night getting introduced here, I got, I was welcomed with, you know, open arms. I, you know, I was with Aaron here. The first night we started talking about like just beer and hockey. I was like, this is sweet. I already feel super comfortable. <laughs> Not to mention the, the street hockey pad, and road hockey this, pad. Yeah, there's a road hockey pad here, uh, just across the way. Um, and then just the members course gave me like the basic knowledge of what I really know, what I, what I needed to know. Um, you didn't feel like you're going blind at all. Oh, not at all. I felt, I felt, man. I mean, you know, everyone makes their mistakes, but I mean, I'd rather make my own mistake and correct myself in a, you know, in in, in the right fashion, of course. But I mean, having a crew leader such as Carrie, uh-huh. who is was was the most experienced person here before he left. Yes. Yeah. And I think that was one of the perfect learning tools that I got was from him and how he got so much respect. Throughout, like, I would think the whole province, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, oh, everyone knows him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's, just, there's been guys like at beer festivals to run into, and I'm like, oh, you're, uh, you're, you're in Hell Attack or Forestry or something like that, because I recognize a hat or a shirt they're wearing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I'm like, you know, Kerry McLean. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, from yeah. my level. Yeah, he's yeah. from, uh, he's from Nova Scotia. I'm like, yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah. how's he doing? I'm like, well, he's, he's you awesome. know, dog sledding. <laughs> yeah. He's got a parks job now, that kind of stuff. So yeah. yeah. And that, that goes a long way, right? Because yeah. you network and you work and, you know, he was doing um, hover exit certification. Yeah. He did a few members courses, uh, all kinds of stuff. He so was, Yeah, he was just the perfect person for me, especially someone coming from, you know, <clears throat> from Ontario mm-hmm. and just getting put right into, you know, a fire situation. And I was just comfortable right away. I mean, obviously, like on my first fire, I was scared and, um, I had my first beer find. So to Aaron's followers here, what our beer finds consist of are uh, anywhere between a, you know, a chainsaw fault or sleeping on a helicopter or anything like that. So on my first fire, I, I, I ripped up our chainsaw chaps, which are, is a protective layer that, um, well, ultimately protects you from chopping your leg off or something yeah. insane like that. Yeah. So um, although Carrie was very harsh, to me on my first fire, which I 
definitely deserved. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's I, an eye opener. Yeah, I, I, I admitted my, you know, my fault, and I doubled up on my my beer fine because usually it's like what a six pack or like a twelve pack. I was like, yeah. screw it. I went to the beer store in town and I got a case because like that's a stupid mistake. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that. I could have cost my. I, I could have like I could have seriously injured myself. Could have killed myself or anything like that. And I'm not a clumsy guy. Aaron's <laughs> 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 listeners here. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a clumsy guy, but I mean. First, first fire, you get the jitters and so on and no, so forth. No, of course, so. it happens. And you know what? I've done the same with Carrie before, yeah. too. And yeah. those chaps aren't the best, either. No, no, They're no. pretty awkward and stuff, and you're tra- you know, you're hitting the brake and everything. Yeah. You're, you're being very careful about it, but at the same time, you never know where those exactly. things go. So it's it should, yeah. that kind of stuff happens all the time. Yeah. But all in all, um, since tomorrow is my decommencement day, so we won't be seeing any fire action at all tomorrow. So I ended up having 24 fires as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty solid number. I think I was trying That's to get to that quarter century mark, but um, yeah, I, I, I saw so much fire action. I saw, even on my days off, I just saw so much of the province. I went like, you know, north to south and south to north on my days off. I just saw so much of the province. I went from mountains to prairies to farmland to, you know, muskeggy, swampy, mm-hmm. boggy crap we see here in, yep. in high level. And then up to the territories, which was fantastic. And, you know, I did a camping trip in BC. It's just I never thought of myself doing all this stuff. And this was definitely one of the best decisions of my life, if not the best decision. I'm glad to hear that, man. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's funny when you're talking about that instant commander stuff. Like, Cam is very generous with that, too. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm really happy he does that. Because my first two seasons, I didn't get to do one IC. My first really? IC was last year with Carrie. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, and this is my first year this year. I got to IC a fire that more than one hectare. Really? In size. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I kind of like that uh, direction that people are going is, mm-hmm. you know, like, the leader's like, all right, well, I've led enough and really at a point, the leader's like, I don't really want to see any I more fires. Just want to sit back. Just want to sit back in the helicopter. Can I run the chainsaw? Yeah. yeah you, you, you're going to tell me I have to run the chainsaw, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll give you a little bit, you give me a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, the rookie can control something. And, you know, I was really happy that we got Noah to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, Kevin was very generous in that aspect yeah. as well. I really didn't care that much. I like being a sub leader. Um, yeah. You know, like maybe one day if my whole RCMP dream doesn't go uh, come to fruition, maybe I'll start start thinking about air attack officer. Why not? Yeah. You know, so and like that's one where you don't need post secondary education, nice enough, but uh, you yeah. need strike team leader experience. Yeah. And um, part of me, uh, what else do you need there? They say hell attack leader or some kind of leader position, and yeah. then strike team leader. Um, so yeah, that would be very, very helpful and yeah. stuff, but yeah, you know, I've got my, my background experience for sure. You More know, I've been, been up here for about a decade. Yeah. Um, and, and again, going back to Mr. Kerry McLean, that was my first, <laughs> my first, my first crew leader. I mean, he, he said it perfectly, summed it up quite nicely. I mean, he's like Colin Graham and Graham was also another crew member of mine when we were on hack seven. Um, he mentioned what a nerd too, eh? Right? Those gingers, eh? Surprised <laughs> oh. he didn't burn in the sun. Yeah. Fantastic guy. He's probably so happy with the total eclipse oh, okay. today. Oh yeah. <laughs> he probably GoPro the crap out oh, of that. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so Kerry summed it up perfectly. He's like, you know what? One day you or Graham or whoever else I will be leading in the future, you're gonna take my job one day as a crew leader. So why not prep you now in your rookie season? That's exactly right. Right. So I mean. In, in, in the mid-season review, he's probably said the same thing to a, a number of his, his last few rookies or whatnot, that 
you know, an important part of the team and all this other stuff. But I mean, he he would just come up to me. He's like, "Hold oh, on, I don't treat like a rookie. You just you sound like every other hell attack member I've I've had, if not better, because you're just you know easy to work with. And you know, if I tell you to do something, you just do it, and you don't hesitate. You don't mm-hmm. ask questions. You just do it. I mean, if you have questions, they're the right questions because they're really. There really aren't any dumb questions here because I mean this is a dangerous job and we risk. You need to know, right? So I mean, again, in some he and there's so much information to absorb in that six month trial or even four month for you. Yeah, yeah, you learn everything. You learn something new every day, Mm -hmm. whether it's comes to anything with with laundry or just like. I don't know, just life goals or keeping something. Keeping the cooks happy, right, the dispatchers happy, yeah, how the duty officers work, how the timesheets work. Does your, does, your warehouse. Pilot like, does your pilot like bacon? Your <laughs> pilots love bacon. Rookies make the lunches for the pilots. Yes. So they would need to know what the pilots like for sandwiches, whether it's egg salad or bacon <laughs> or turkey bacon or oh, whatever. Man. Does one? I think there's one pilot up here that was just stoked when they had uh, cookies and chips. And chocolate bar, maybe. I, I think that was it. Like, don't give me any celery. Don't give Easy me carrots. Please, hey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, so if you're the Norelta and Zama, then it's pretty easy to to supply that crap. 100%. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm away from forestry for a bit. Yeah. Um, what are the things that keep you busy uh, when you're not fighting fire? Like, so when you're you were you were part of the lumberjack sports? Yeah. Fleming. So when I was at Fleming College again, in uh, located in Lindsay, Ontario, we're a satellite campus to the main campus in Peterborough, mm-hmm. Ontario. Oh, the old uh, Peter Patch. Oh, the Peter Patch. Um, <laughs> so I I had the fortunate opportunity to to compete in the timber sports, which is the amateur the amateur stuff leading up to the uh, the still logger sports competition that's competed around the world and whatnot. So, um, I was, uh, I was fortunate to, to join the team and, um, I had nowhere to play hockey this past season except for the college team, which was kind of basically triple A hockey all over again, which is garbage hockey. But anyway, <laughs> so going back to the, the timber sports there, um, I, I learned a lot about, you know, how to chop wood, how to saw wood, how to, how to treat wood, how to, Again, it was another team environment. It was it was super cool. Um, we got to go to four. So we had four tournaments throughout the season, two per semester. So mm-hmm. our first um, tournament was in Fredericton, New Brunswick. So I've never been to Fred Fredericton before, and um, seeing Fredericton in the fall was beautiful. You know, you're on the east coast. You're the gateway to the east coast there. And then we had our our home competition, which is in early November. Um, so it was cool to and there's. It was cool to see a lot of people come out because I, I never really expected a lot of people to come out to people just chopping wood or climbing wood or anything like that. So it was a really cool experience to see um, a lot, how, how many people came out. My parents came up and um, and then just having feedback from some of my friends that actually watched the event there. It's like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I mean, because it's, I mean, sure, it's like super Canadian. You get that lumberjack feel, but um, actually doing it for for an actual competition was, was something I've never experienced. So that was really cool. It was, it was a sport that I've never, ever tried or even thought of before. So I was like a super rookie. I was just a total amateur. Um, I ended up winning one of my events in, uh, in Nova Scotia, in Truro, at Dalhousie's Agricultural um, College uh, event. So that was really cool. And then our, our final event was in uh, Montreal, at mm-hmm. McGill's campus. So along with actually competing, you got to see a lot of the country, at least the east, eastern portion of mm-hmm. Canada. So I mean, I mean, you pay a hundred bucks for your athletic fee, mm-hmm. and you get four, three out of province 
tournaments. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, can't get anything better than that. No, right? not then, bad at all. And then our, our, our training schedule was Monday to, Monday to Thursday, two hours a day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty intense. Sometimes you stand around for a little bit, but I mean, it was, it was still a really good workout and it, it's, uh, it definitely kept my mind off hockey because hockey was, <laughs> it was a, it was a big part of my life. I was so. going to say this, that seems like a pretty good transition from, um, your hockey regimen, you yep. know, growing up yep. to something else to keep you busy. Yeah. Because that's what, that's one thing I've, I've, you know, from listening to other podcasts or talking to people is that if, you know, you, you had this thing and you've been playing hockey since what, how old? Five? Five or six. Yeah. yeah. And you've got this regimen of practices, you know, traveling, um, eating right, all that kind of stuff, like everything you need to do in a day, and not just the day, but the days for the year, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Um, and then all of a sudden you stop, mm-hmm. yeah, and you don't have any other activity besides just going to the gym. Yeah. You need that competitive edge. Like I know, like, and I didn't even play any kind of high level uh, sport, but when I finished playing basketball in high school, and I finished high school, I'm like, what now? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been playing basketball for six years, I played bo- volleyball on and off for about four years. And I played football for three years. Mm-hmm. What now? Yeah. You know, like you're out of school, like you join some kind of men's league where you're like right young, you know, like I was, I was 19 when I finished high school mm-hmm. and then some people are 17. Mm-hmm. And so you're playing a men's league where there's guys that are like 50 or 40 or 30 or something like that. Yeah. And of those age gr- groups where you're like, you're feeling very young and intimidated at that time. Mm-hmm. Or are you just working your butt off, you know, working on the rigs or, you know, lumber yard or something like that. So like, what's the next thing? So when you're doing this uh, lumber sports, that's mm-hmm. that must have been a really good thing. You're still working your strength, your core, yeah. your oh, activity. Yeah. Uh, you got to keep the education going, just like when you're in high school with yep. hockey. So mm-hmm. that yeah, so that'd be was, really good. It was it was it was a substitute. It wasn't the right substitute, I thought, because I mean, I just I just it's not about hockey, right? I mean, Aaron, you know, you know what <laughs> hockey's all about. I mean, it's just it's just the love of the sports. It's our it's our Canadian identity and one of our Canadian identities, but um, it's definitely my identity growing up and even now. So actually, as a side note, my brother called me today and got invited to training camp before I get home to go back to my old team and hopefully I get signed there. No kidding. Yeah, so I got the dates and the the general manager and the coach. uh, Your brother or you and your brother? Both of us. Oh, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm... So like when I get home on Friday, whenever I get home, um, I'm going to get on the ice and uh, just start messing around because I haven't been on the ice in four months. Yeah. That is, this is the longest I've been off the ice in the summertime, let alone the wintertime. This is the longest I've been off the ice in the summertime in like 10 years. No kidding. So, I mean, obviously having the ball hockey pad definitely got my hockey fixed, but only like 90% of it. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, well, at least you had Kerry McLean to teach you that clap bomb. Oh, buddy. Did that ever. slap shot, man. Like that slap shot from half court that Kerry does, you know, when he gets it all fired up because his defense isn't working. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. For, this is the thing I love about Kerry. And if he listens to this, I think I've told him before, so hopefully it doesn't offend him. <laughs> but for for <laughs> for being competitive in curling, he is very competitive in hockey. <laughs> oh, I just want, I wish I could have seen him like, in in his heyday of curling, because uh, Kerry McLean, well, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, do a podcast interview with him later on. He's a yeah. very interesting, uh, very interesting man. He's he's, yeah. he's honestly uh, to me a, a renaissance man. Yeah. Um, he was national na- nationally known for curling. Really? I'm not sure if you knew about that. I, I knew he curled, but I didn't know that. He knew a guy that I went to it. Um, it was called an ICS interchange on the Canadian Studies tour with in, New- in Newfoundland. He's from Manning. This guy I knew. Yeah. And he played against Kerry. In like national juniors or something like that. So Manning and fucking 
Nova Scotia. Dartmouth. Dartmouth. Dirtmouth. Dirtmouth. Nova Scotia. And they're playing against each other, and they knew each other. And he knew a lot of the girls that I knew, too. Like, absolutely unbelievable. Small world. So, <laughs> in, like, curling is kind of like the golf of winter sports, where it's just, like, you know, very calm and cool and collective and very, um, you know, um, yeah. sportsmanlike. So I would really like to think that if, if Carrie was uh, professional and he kept going, he'd be like the Chaz Michael Michaels <laughs> of curling. And it's yeah. like, Carrie McLean is curling! And just slapping his paper there and being in court and, like, just hanging out with all the girls and just yeah. drinking and partying. Um, but yeah, like when he plays street hockey and he used to play hockey when he was much yep. younger, mm-hmm. uh, he's told me that before, uh, he gets that competitive edge from there, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. like you meet him, you talk with him, you hang out with him. He's a very cool guy. He's kind of like hippy dippy, you know, he's really into his Rasta music and stuff and his folk and his in- uh, indie, uh, music, but, uh, Classic uh, rock, you can't, you can't forget that. Oh yeah. yeah he, he, knows, he Rage Against the Machine. Him, it, uh, and you guys yeah. were listening to the, uh, what was it? The 4th of July, the Memorial Day weekend, uh, grunge top 100. Yes. And what was number one? Nirvana. Fucking, and the man who sold the world. What a terrible oh, no, number. Pearl Jam, I think it was. No, no, no. Was it was it number Nirvana? one Nirvana. Yes, it the was. The man who oh, sold the world. Yeah, Just so disappointing. Jam. I thought it was Pearl Jam. It, it could have been Pearl Jam with. Could have been Foo With Everlong. Yes. That's a that great song. Three. I think that was but Nirvana, I thought it was going to be Nirvana with Smells Like Teen Spirit, because so many people love that song so much. Overplayed. Yeah, eh, it can be. Like, you know, and there's a lot of Nirvana songs that are overplayed. Not going to lie, we, we listened to it on the uh, way back from Steam today. <laughs> oh, fuck okay. uh, it. Lithium is probably one of the better stations, yes, in I, my opinion. Yes. yes. Yeah. But uh, I digress. Um, what were we talking about initially? Carrie's <laughs> music. Carrie's clap bomb, which was you yeah. talking about going back to uh, to hockey there. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to focus on the force before we go into your hockey world, because sure. that's a large part of your life. Yeah. Um, what, like, what, what persuaded you to join, uh, to, to get a forestry degree? Um, did, what, what, did you have some, uh, youth, uh, you know, um, figures when you're, when you're younger there? You had some, you know, uncle or a dad yeah, or something like that? Um, well, yeah, my, my dad was the one who introduced me to the forest. Well, I guess my mom, my mother too. So just early camping trips. I just, I fell in love with the forest when I was really young never really got like a passion for mm-hmm. working in the outdoors but my first job or my first real job at Christie Lake Conservation Area uh, back in uh, just outside of Hamilton Ontario this and Christie Lake Conservation Area was where Red Green did all his outdoor sites Steve Smith yeah, love Steve that Smith. man well wow. yeah. I grew up on CBC. yeah so um so it was kind of interesting to be you know at a park where it was you know it was well known mm-hmm. um so um yeah, I, I got introduced to like the, my chainsaw work, outdoor maintenance, and kind of just like preservation of natural landscapes, lack of a better term. Um, but I was always really interested in becoming like a gym teacher, just, you know, ulti- the, the ultimate Canadian, you know, dream of being <laughs> a hockey player in the NHL, right? Yeah. Um, but I was really focused on being a teacher. So I, I got into school. I was as well. I wanted yeah. to be. A, I wanted to be a history teacher. Yeah. I wanted to be a history teacher. We should open teacher. up a school, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so I, I got into Brock University in St. Catharines, Ontario, which is just uh, just uh, west of Niagara Falls. Um, I switched programs, um, and I got into a double major of history and Canadian politics. So again, going into history, I, I have a love for history, um, and then I finished up my degree at Brock, but 
I had the option to do my master's. It's like, well, I'm really, really sick and tired of doing all this theoretical mm-hmm. essay, you know, bullshit. I just want to, I want to do practical stuff now. So yeah. I got into, again, I've always had the love for the outdoors, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, forestry tech, flying college. I was like, cool. I applied. It was the only college I got into, the only college I applied for. Like, cool. Let's see what I can do with it. First day, my first class, my professor of my ecosystem skills class was like, have you ever heard of forest firefighting? I was like, nope. <laughs> and I know forests catch on fire. I know somebody fights them. That's no. it. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> I was like, Mike, can you tell me more about this? I'm, mm. I'm intrigued. And sat down in his office with with a buddy of mine too. And we just talked about it for like 40 minutes. Mm. Like, this is sweet. So I pursued forest firefighting like right away. And along with, you know, trying to get employment out here in Alberta, you know, I, I pers- you know, the semesters went on and, and the learning went on and I just gained a, a suit, like a big appreciation for, for what trees do. And in a nutshell, I'm not going to get too scientific or all nerdy here, but, um, and how, but how forest fire actually acts on an ecosystem and how it kind of rejuvenates an ecosystem and how, you know, soil turnover and this and that, all this other, again, nerdy, uh, stuff, ecology stuff I won't get into. So, um, that was, and it was a backup plan after my degree. I wanted to do something outdoors. I didn't want to stay in an office or anything like that. Um, I just wanted to work outside and I have just, again, appreciate from the outdoors and how, how fire has a big impact on the environment in a good way. I mean, there's obviously negatives, right? With the of course. Right yes. So I was, that's, that's a big, that's a common misconception with yeah. the public as well. There are good things and bad things. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I got, I was, I was super pumped when I got the employment. I was at school for four months and I got a job out here. I was like, this is incredible. I've been at school for four months in college. I went to university for five years. Nothing in my field. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I was like, okay, this is something I need to concentrate on. And just alone from working out here for almost, you know, four and a half months now, I've got more job opportunities than I've ever wanted. Right. So um, with that being said, um, forestry is the route that I think I definitely should continue in. Mm-hmm. Um, the jobs are out there. Um, again, just, I love being outside, you know, nature is my office. Mm-hmm. I think it's everyone's office here at, at camp. So yeah, I just, I love it, man. That's awesome. And your twin brother, Stuart yep. goes to plumbing as well. Yes, sir. And with Spencer, I never really heard the complete story. Did you guys know him beforehand, or did you meet him here? I, I met uh, him, at school. Sorry, I met him second semester of school okay. this past year. Yeah. Yep. All right, sweet. Yeah. And your your brother uh, Stuart, he went uh, the Ontario route for yes. fire. Yes. Yeah, so Stu Stu was uh, stationed out of Sudbury, mm-hmm. which is uh, just north of Barrie, ish. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 And. Do you guys have a quick, like, you know, a lot of jabs to each other about that? You know, like, oh, well, I got this many fires yeah. and this many hectares and <laughs> I got to instant the band. How are you doing? Yeah, well, in a nutshell, personally, I've had more fires than his whole his whole district is <laughs> um, which is, is Which is funny. But, I mean, it's just a different landscape and it's just a different topography out there. But, it's a bit closer to home as yeah, well. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot closer to home. I mean, mm-hmm. Stu's only five hours from home, which home, it, home is... Uh, just south of Hamilton in uh, Caledonia, Ontario. Um, so I mean, he was close to home, which is which is cool. Mm-hmm. Could be <clears throat> be around friends and whatnot. Um, but I mean, he had more opportunities to get exported. So exported meaning like go out to other provinces or you know even to the states. Other districts in the yeah. the provinces as well. And, and the, yeah. yeah, that too. 
So, um, if, if my sister didn't decide to get happy and get married this last weekend, um, we would have both been, um, in the same camp. No kidding. Yeah, he got he got the export to the exact same camp as me. No way. So it would have been cool to fight fire, or at least see him for like a day or something. Yeah, no there. kidding, no kidding. Get a nice picture. Yeah. So you know, frame <laughs> it, pass it on to your kids. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're your parents. Friends be so proud. Oh, they're here. Oh. What's your sister's name? Uh, Heather. Heather, you ruined yeah, a beautiful I, picture. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should have showed up to the wedding in your uniforms. Oh, my gosh. You would have met a lot of girls. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was going to say, and, and, and I, I know it's, you know, I'm treading, I'm treading water here. <laughs> Word this <laughs> carefully. Uh, in lager sports, did you meet some girls? Just one. Okay. Just one. Okay. Because there are, you know, with most sports, there are, it's, it's like one or There one are there. surprisingly a lot of attractive girls. I mean, again, Ooh. I was, I'm, I'm very, very new. I was very new to the sports. So I wasn't, I didn't ex expect a whole lot. Yeah. Right? And I met yeah. one girl there and she was fantastic. Very well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. I, I, Colin I, is single, so I got to live my life vicariously. <laughs> I'm apparently <laughs> married. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, my brother had a very hard time adjusting to uh, fire life. I mean, he loved the job, but, I mean, he just, he had some personal issues, which I'm not going to get into. No, it's fine. That's absolutely fine. Had, um, he just didn't see any fire action, so he was very, very impatient about that. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's, and he didn't appreciate his independence. I'm like, I know he has a girlfriend, a strong, you know, relationship of, you know, just over two years, I think almost two and a half years, and, um... He, he, he wasn't, I don't, he had a hard time living away from home, let alone me, probably, because, I mean, this is the first time we've actually been split up for, for more than, like, a week or two, and, again, for Aaron's followers, I am a, a twin. Weird twins. Weird twins, yes. And, <laughs> um, so, it was a definitely a big learning curve for him and I, but I think I adjusted very quickly, I think I was, I, I've never been, I haven't been homesick at all. And are you the older one or the younger I'm one? I'm the youngest one by six whole minutes. Oh, man. Yeah, so, um... Overall, I mean, in the last month, he's had so much action. I mean, he's only had three fires, but he's overnighted mm. on two of three fires. That's cool. So he overnighted on uh, uh, on his first fire for two nights, so he got like mm -hmm. 32 hours of overtime. Mm -hmm. on, And those are days off, Yeah, technically. So overnighted on another fire, did a rescue mission, and then he did something else. I forgot what else he did. I think he just had an abandoned campfire. Like we see out in Rainbow or Fox Lake, so yeah, uh, so he's seen a lot of action in the last month, which has really like helped him out with, um, you know, his anxiety and all sorts of shit. So he's, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he he laughs about how much how much fire he's like. Oh, you're on another fire, aren't you, bud? So, <laughs> aren't uh, you there, bud? <laughs> so uh, he he sounded like he had a very good experience at the same time though. Like he he really did learn a lot, and I think he needed it. So good late season season save. Yeah, and he, yeah, hundred percent. So he's out there for another week. I'll be seeing him next Monday at some mm -hmm. point, or Tuesday or Wednesday. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, yeah, we really don't rub it like I like. Supportive more yeah, so. It was more just... a more supporting role, at yeah. least on my end, because I mean he was having a hard time, but um, it it was it was a great summer to learn about each other. Oh, and and, and, and how how we could live with yeah. Without two completely different seasons as well for you guys. Completely different seasons. So, um, yeah, in 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 all, it was I think it was a great experience for both of us. Yeah. Right on. Uh, does he have any thoughts about coming to Alberta? Are you going to Ontario? I would never go to Ontario for fire. Yeah. It's. They cheap out on their employees for starters. I'm not trying to bad, bad mouth 
Hopefully we don't have any <laughs> Ontario listeners. Yeah. <laughs> it just it's you have the same views as I do. Yeah, also, it's yeah. just it's like when I was talking to my professor, Mr. Mr. Mike Fraser from from Plumbing College there. He he directed me to Alberta. He's like, don't do Ontario Fire. Mm-hmm. You're gonna I agree. See, you're gonna be you're gonna see so much experience in Alberta, right? And you know now that I'm at high level, it, this is like a world renowned district for forest fire because it's just always you know fired up, right? Yeah. Um, so with our yeah, diverse topography, uh, all three species of trees and muskeg. Muskeg. <laughs> muskeg it's like, oh yeah, there's there's some uh, black spruce and there's some poplar. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, is that birch? The birch is on fire. There's a jack pine. <laughs> There's a jack pine. Yeah. There's a lodgepole pine. Tam- oh, the, the moss is spongy, so I feel like I'm on a trampoline. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Oh, tamarack. They yeah. don't really burn that well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's boring. So, uh, yeah, I was I was actually, like, diverted out here, like, right from the get-go. I was like, mm-hmm. go, to, go to Alberta. This is where you're going to see all the action. Um, you're going to get in the most experience, blah, blah. And not only that, you know, that was my expectation, but it everything out here has definitely exceeded my expectations mm-hmm. and I've definitely fallen in love with, you know, the whole fire industry, but let alone just the forestry industry because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told my brother, I mean, since we've been apart now, I was like, okay, I can't work with you. Although I mean, working with him would be fun. But if he was in the same camp, that'd be fine. Just on the same crew would be different. Yeah. And you know, it just, I mean, I'm just used to not working with him anymore, being by myself. Oh man. Right? So, I mean, and that, and that's a big you're, change. You're, you're like Shaq, you group Hobie. Oh, I know. <laughs> so that, that that's de- a definite difference between my brother and I. Um, but I'm definitely excited to see him when I get home and we can compare stories and just chill out and be yeah, bros again. Be right? brothers, so, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, he, I, if, if employment or big boy employment doesn't happen within the next year or so, I don't see why I wouldn't be out here again. Mm-hmm. I would love to come back out here again. I, mm-hmm. I love it. And if Stu would want to come out too, of course, mm-hmm. I'd tell him to at least go to Fort Mac, if not come to high level district, yep. right? So, um, yeah, it, it, it'd be cool that obviously if you got to meet him, Aaron, or, or anyone Oh, else, I'll yeah. eventually meet him yeah, some I, point. I, I we'll keep so. in touch for yeah. sure. And I'll be throwing Tara another time. I gotta, of course. I have to do like a bi-yearly or whatever the yeah. you want to call it, uh, <laughs> like a trip to Milton at least. You oh, know, man, that's, that's what the, that's what the uh, podcast headquarters is. Yes. And where, that's, where we have this, huge uh monopoly of toronto maple leafs fans so it would be good if we had oh, some God. diversity this is what i get sick of is i hear all their podcasts they record i'm like i'm not gonna record anybody that's from ontario and i've already brought that rule twice where i've had you and noah both from ontario back to back and i'm not gonna have any more Leafs fans noah's a Leafs fan so i was like Collins a montreal fan yeah no we need we need diversity i like talking about uh the oilers you like talking about the leafs i got i had um, a head brewer michael lewis out of uh Valemount for three ranges brewing company uh, he's a dallas stars fan Ooh. because he's from texas oh <laughs> makes sense makes sense yeah. a helicopter pilot too for the american military oh you have to listen to these podcasts they're pretty cool people Sweet. so I like, I like diversity i like hearing things from everywhere um you know I, I like to bash my own podcast group because they they just like to stick in their niche of uh the gta makes I, sense. I think they need to you know outsource a little yeah, bit man. here here here's some voices from uh out the other area oh yeah not so biased you know yeah of course yeah so, I, I i almost can consider myself a hurt in Alberta now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have the look. You're wearing plaid. Oh, I know. You guys, I'm sure it's going on with the backwards cap from yep. uh, the Northwest Territories. Right, That's yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, how did you like Yellowknife, by the way? Yellowknife was one of the coolest places I've ever been to in my life. It's in my top five for best Canadian cities. It was... I mean, 
I mean, it's the Canadian Shield, so it's like it's just like surprisingly, it's Canadian Shield, right? right? And it's, <laughs> you're that I just a year ago, I never saw myself coming out high level, let alone the territories. And I've always wanted to go into like the territories of Nunavut or Yukon, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and getting to you know going to the, the capital of the Northwest Territories, you know, I, it's like it's just a city plopped on top of a rock, and mm-hmm. then you got the Great Slave Lake right there. And it's only been the capital since 1967. Yeah. And that's, it's crazy. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's really weird seeing high rise, uh, buildings. I, I put that in quotes because I mean, it's, they're still built big buildings, but they're not like, you know, yeah. Toronto or even Hamilton no, site no, buildings. No, 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 but no. I mean, it's just, it's super neat to see a Tim Hortons in the Northwest territories or stuff like that because <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's just super random, but it's, 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 it's every, a fish out of water. It, really. Yeah, it, it, like there's literally everything you need there. Yeah. Um, although I think winter time would be kind of a little, a little cabin fever-ish up there, but um, it was a it's a gorgeous gorgeous city. Um, I just yeah I I was not expecting that it was the lake is cool. beautiful the people are amazing yeah. uh, the the activities are great uh, too like you never got to do, experience folk on the rocks I don't think anybody did I don't think no, anybody no, this year got I to don't go think to no one yeah that's that's blasphemous like yeah. usually like one like, the rule here is high level we're three hours no, no sorry six and a half. Well, we're six and a half south of Yellowknife. Yes. I was going to say we're about two hours south of the border. Yes. 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 Yeah, Steen yes. is very close, and that's one of our bases up there, but, and I think that's about a half hour away or 20 minutes away yep. or so. Yep. So it's almost unheard of if you are coming from Ontario or Nova <laughs> Scotia or BC, where a lot of our guys come from, and you don't make a trip to Yellowknife, or at least Louise and Alexander yeah. Falls, yes. which are gorgeous. Yes. Um, and I honestly, like, I'm, I'm a true blue fucking Canadian. I like to explore as much as possible. I'm sort of telling my girlfriend, she's like, I want to go to Iceland. And I'm like, we're sure I got this one trip to Europe planned. I'm like, yeah, yeah, one at a time. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, well, if we go to Iceland, we need to go to Greenland. And then if we go to Greenland in Iceland, we need to stop in none of it for at least, you know, a few days. Because I've always wanted to explore yeah. some of none of it. Mm-hmm. And I've been to every Canadian province. Mind you, I want to explore more of Newfoundland and Labrador. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to Labrador yet. I've, I've only been to the Avalon Peninsula, so where St. John's is. Yep. For Newfoundland, so I've I've been to a piece of Newfoundland, not the entire entirety, or yeah. at least explored a good portion. Yeah. Um, and then I want to go to none of it, and then Yukon, and then I've explored every province and territory in Canada. Yeah. And then. And there's it, still so Greenland much. looks so cool. Oh man, you 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 look at a map of Canada, and you're like, oh yeah, Yellowknife. I've been so far north. Or even high level Alberta, you're like, oh, I've been so far north. Go to and t- you, t- Yeah, and you look at the map of Northwest Territories, and you're like, I'm halfway to the Arctic Ocean, and I'm so fucking far north right but now. You know what would be cool? Just even just to get to Tuk Tuk and just like dip your toes in the like. I've been to the Arctic Ocean. I've been to three of the four oceans in the world. Boom. So I need that fourth one. If I can go to Nuvik or Tuk 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 or yeah, even even if I get to, I'm not sure if Baffin Island would would be included in the Atlantic or the Arctic. Yeah. Check that out. Yeah. I don't but even know that. Yeah. I bought this book, National Geographic, National Parks of Canada, and holy man, I want to become a, a bum of the north. If I could be an RCMP officer and then just bum around from each northern inlet to each one mm-hmm. and just hang around the north uh, the national parks and just get to know those float plane guys, oh, yeah. the helicopter guys, and just hang out in the national parks and then fur trade and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's and one of the one of the national parks I'm looking at, they have a little symbol, and it indicates an old abandoned Hudson's Bay Company post. How fucking cool would that, that would be to be check super out? Neat. And you know what would be cool? <laughs> I mean, like, 
you you also run into people that have lived up their whole life there, you know, they're like a seventh, eighth generation person up there and you just hear all their stories. I mean, you could have, you could gather so much information and write your own book about it. Mm-hmm. And how neat would that be? I mean, like that, just hearing all the stories, I mean, it, I, I went to the, um, uh, it was like an Aboriginal uh, museum in Yellowknife with my parents um, when I did my trip to Yellowknife and I didn't want to leave that museum because it was just so interesting. There's and a like, lot the, of the, good musician, the, museums up yeah, there. like the tour guide I had was just so knowledgeable and um, he just, he's like, okay, go do your own tour of this, I'll give you the basis and then you explore it yourself and get mm-hmm. your own experience. I was like, that's freaking sweet. Mm-hmm. You don't get that anywhere else. I mean, it, again, it's just, I like half of my degree is, in, is just in Aboriginal studies itself. Okay. And I was just, I just fell in love with it. Like yeah. we were at this museum for like four hours. It, this is not like the national museum of whatever history in Ottawa or anything like that. Yeah. Like, this was just like a tiny, um, exhibit in Yellowknife. Yeah. And we were like three hours and we we're just talking with this guy. Yeah. And at one point he's like, all right guys, I got to stop talking. Cause I got another group <laughs> I got to go to, I got to do this at work, I got to do that. I love when that happens. Right? Cause I, I've been there before and I just love it when the tour guides or whoever it is, is just so passionate about yeah. it and lose it. And it's like, you're fucking cool. And yeah. I like, if you're still around when I'm done, we should go to beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's I mean? go to the Northwest Territories Brewery. Yeah. yeah right, right below, right below Pilots Monument. Once I go five and twos, I'm going to go up there because I haven't been to Northwest Territories in about three years and yeah. I, I really want to yes, go to this brewery. Yes, this is 2015, I think. That is yeah, exactly. So I haven't, I haven't been there a number of years yeah. and I need to go. So the five and twos is a little bit not enough time to go down to Airdrie to see the girlfriend. So I'm going to rip up to, to uh, Yellowknife have a good say and uh, come back down the and food feel. is fantastic the beer is even better that's what i've been hearing it's and that's not even the first brewery up in yellowknife they had one before really yep and it did not do well apparently the beer was shit this one is busy every night i hear I, that I, I couldn't believe I'm it i'm really happy it to was, hear that it's good it was when did my parents out we left on an early thursday morning we got to yellowknife just after lunchtime mm-hmm. and so we did a little bit of a hike throughout town just kind of saw some early sites i was like okay everyone here at camp is telling me to go to the northwest territories brewery went to their restaurant portion of, of the brewery had some incredible food and had you know the variety of beer there is incredible i don't mm-hmm. know how many types of beer they have out there i mean this would be like your this is your <laughs> this is your field of expertise here yeah so um what was one of your favorites um i had like it was like one of the pale ales okay um, and my mom, she's not a beer drinker, but she had a beer and she was like, this is really good. And I've never heard my mom say she's had a good beer before. So she had to travel all the way up to Yellowknife <laughs> just to get a good beer. What kind of beer has she had before though? Um, I mean, she's... Has she had some crafts before at she's least? She's had some crafts. She's, I mean, you know, she's a super ginge. Shout out to Maureen Eiser in, you know, Caledonia, Ontario. Hi mom. <laughs> uh, um, she, you know, she's been to Ireland, she's been to Scotland, so she's into, like, the darker beers, so mm-hmm. I mean, she's had her Guinness, and so on and so forth, um, so she had this, it was, it was a pine, a pine ale, I think mm-hmm. it was called, yeah. um, and she fell in love with it, right on, she's, she's like, this is really good, because, like, she's not a beer drinker, like I said, I was like, this is awesome, this makes my experience, you know, of kind of guiding my parents through the north, you know, that much better, I was like, and my dad was, you know, he loves his beer, loves his, his, his uh his drinks and whatnot mm-hmm. not to make my dad michael eisner sound like an alcoholic but he just appreciates a good beer 
from time to time. So, um, yeah, they really appreciated that. Again, it was, it, it's just a good time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it looks like a, can, it looks like a really big log cabin. It's super cool. That's the look. Did you go to the Wildcat Cafe as well? No. no oh, okay. No. Well, it's the same thing, but it's like very small, condensed and stuff. One of the oldest uh, buildings in Yellowknife. Oh, really? Did you go to Harley's? Oh, that's, well, that's the strip club. We, 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 oh, no. That's the strip club slash the, tattoo parlor. I was with my parents. Well, you, mom, go to bed. Dad and I are gonna go for a trip. Yeah. And and your brother didn't have the time off to come out. No, no, no. Okay. He was uh, yeah wherever wherever else he was. He uh, but the, the one place I can definitely vouch for is is, is Bollocks. Bollocks. I've been there before. Been yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, you had a good time there. Fantastic. I've yeah, been that hearing that the, I've been hearing and I was talking to some other guys too that the the quality has been going down for the last number of years. They've been importing fish from Kazakhstan. Really? And other places, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, yeah. I had um, um, a native fish called Inkanu, which is yeah. a type of white fish. Yeah. For those, for the, for some of our followers who don't know some some fish. Dude, you can history. call me by my Christian name, Chalupa. Chalapalupala? Yeah, even that too. Whatever you want to call it. Aaron almost sounds yeah. foreign to me these it does. days. I don't like it. Aaron. Yeah, no, man. Um, Nobody knows me as Aaron yeah. except for my parents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And my, and my brothers and sisters, because no one calls me Chalupa in that yeah. family, because we're all Chalupas. <laughs> exactly. Go um, on. So we had this kick, like this kick-ass fish. Like my parents were like just blasted. Like we were on the patio there, and uh, we were just facing like, facing, like the, the, the inlet there, like the harbor where all the float planes mm-hmm. are. And it was a gorgeous bluebird sunny day, or night, <laughs> I guess you can call it, because it was yeah. like 9 o'clock. It was 4 in the morning, and it was just yeah. sunshine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was a great, I'm, I'm super excited that, because I, I remember I was like, okay, we should go to Bollocks, because I, I think it was Carrie or someone on yeah. camp was like, you know, go to Bollocks and have a, have a meal there. I was like, cool, let's go there. And it's a popular it was, spot, yeah. yeah. It was fantastic. It was they, they've had a really good reputation for a long, 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 long time, um, but I think it's been changing a little bit with ownership, and maybe they've been cutting corners a little bit. But to hear that you guys had a good experience there, makes me want to go there again it was, and it was, see what's going on. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was weird because like our server was from Ontario too. Oh, it happens. It was man. it was like the you wouldn't believe how many people are from Quebec or the yeah. Maritimes there. Like yeah. you look at the lake when you're at Pilots Point. Yeah. And or Pilots Rock. Pilots Monument. Pilots Monument. Yeah. Uh, and you just see like all like the jelly bean houses. Yeah. Up around the uh, around the lake and everything, yeah. and you're just like, yeah, I'm pretty much in the Maritimes yeah. here. Yeah, it was super cool. We're going to take a little uh, bathroom break here, guys. Uh, Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few seconds. For us, it'll be a few minutes. And we're back. Uh, Yeah, that was much needed. (laughs) Oh, man. The beers are going right through us here. Um, We were just drinking the Invermere town in BC, just south of Bradium Hot Springs, which is also just south of kind of Banff, like Louise area. Um, Arrowhead Brewing Company. Just bought myself a four-liter growler (laughs) insulated. Things good for like I think four bottles of wine, two pots of coffee, or eight pints or something like that. It' pretty heavy friggin' duty, and it's also a lifetime warranty, mm-hmm. so I can't complain. And we got that filled with a bombshell blonde, and Colin was just saying how much he loves it. So yeah, that's, that's a good sign. Fantastic beer. And now I'm moving on to I'm not sure if Colin's gonna join me with this. Is the Kettle Sour Number Eight Summer and Centennial, mm-hmm. 4.5% alcohol. From Blind Man Brewing Company. I got this filled up when I was down in Lacombe, Alberta, also known as Alberta's nicest town. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like 20 times of like the last 
25 times they've been ranking it that's it's, awesome it's been like very consecutive in, in alberta it's Sweet. a very very nice and quaint town cool. for sure so yeah i'm definitely willing to try it yeah right near red deer so yeah it's not, not too bad uh it's it's sour so it's a pleasant kind of sour kind of like a sour cherry or sure. peach or something like cool. that um i was gonna backtrack a little bit and ask you some quick questions um with your sister heather i forgot yeah. asked this when i was uh wedding time yes uh is she older or younger than you guys she is three years older than me okay makes sense so she's 28 okay. Yeah. I was going to be like, oh, man, she got married young. But all right, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. And you, you get along with husband? Oh, he's he was my brother before they even got married. No kidding. Yeah, he was, I like, this was part of my wedding speech, actually. Um, so my brother and I had the had the opportunity of being the, the MCs. And you were playing instruments, too. And we were, and we were playing my sister's wedding. Oh, we yeah, that's like a fairy tale. Yeah, we were playing my, my sister's wedding song when she walked down the aisle and which was a head by a century by the tragically up. So it was, it was really cool. Is that recorded somewhere? We get attached to the Facebook and find you yourself uh, a wife. I think there is a video of it somewhere. And if not, I just like to hear it myself. Of Cause I, I was listening to that song with my girlfriend it's, the other it's, day. And it sounded really, I think it sounded really good. I'm not trying to sound cock or anything, but like I had my brother, I had my brother on the acoustic bass and I had my dad's uh, best friend on kind of like rhythm guitar. So he kind of, he kind of plucked what Gord Downey would sound like on a guitar. Hmm. Vocal wise, so it it was really cool. It Interesting. Was, it, it sounded very. It was really good acoustically, and my sister and my now brother in law were very very uh, impressed. And I'll make a shout out to Mr. Josh Williams, my brother in law. So um, did 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 your sister cry? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, and, perfect. You know, and I, and I don't know. I don't. I don't see my sister cry too often, but yeah, it was. It was a very, it was a very sentimental, very, uh, it was, it was a great day. That's yeah. awesome. You yeah. guys look very handsome. Like the whole family looks really good <laughs> Thanks, in the man. photo too. Sweet. That's awesome. Cool, and then another one I was going to ask quickly, uh, before we trailed off into who knows what, yes. because we just, we're, we just connect so well. Of course, honey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cheers, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Sweet. Oh, Oh, that is a sour tasting. Yeah, yeah, totally. I like that though. Yeah, it's it's a pleasant sour. Yeah, so a lot of people are like, oh, it's, it's gone bad. Yeah. It's like, no, no, it's it's a good no, sour, like kind of like, like a sour peach or something like that. That's literally sweet. Or like a Granny Smith apple, something yeah, like that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Okay, anyway. glad you like, glad you like it. Um, I was gonna ask, why did your brother choose Ontario Fire instead of Alberta Fire? Just to be close to the family, or the girlfriend, or um, well, was it just he was he was just familiar with Ontario, didn't really want to go venture off too far. I don't know. I, you know, Stuart, if you listen to this, I haven't met you yet. I don't want me to pick on you or anything like that. I'm just curious about why one would go to Alberta and one would go to Ontario. Yeah, so the, the story behind that was, um, again, I was introduced to the forest firefighting idea roughly around the same time as him. Right. And he just wasn't attracted to it as much as I was. And he was like, oh, it's all right. I mean, I just don't really see myself doing it. I was like, cool. We have one of very few differences <laughs> between each other. So... Um, you know, I, I got accepted, I, or accept, I got my offer of employment from, uh, from Mr. Sean Gillis, who's up Nova Scotia now, uh, over the phone in, in January, and my brother was having a hard time getting jobs, and he was actually applying to be a park ranger out here in Alberta, I'm not sure where, what park he was applying for, but hmm. anyway, so he wanted to be a park ranger out here, because I know that his, his girlfriend, Amelia Doma, what's up, um, wanted, she, she got into the Fairmont Jasper as a bartender, I think. So she was going to be out here anyway, so it had been good for them too to kind of just get out of Ontario and, and do their thing out here in Alberta. But um, again, he was he was really getting antsy and, and uh, impatient about employment. Um, so um, again, my oh, I'm going to make a shout out to my, my professor, Mike, 
for um, pushing me in the right direction towards Ontario Fire. So um, realistically, it was kind of more of a last uh, a last minute impulse decision for mm-hmm. him to be in Ontario Fire because I mean he missed the deadline for using for a job. Fire, yeah. So yeah. Uh, he wanted he was really banking on being an Alberta Park Ranger. Um, but, uh, I don't know what happened with that. I guess it didn't work out. Mm. Um, again, I don't have too much information on that, but he just, yeah, he had, he had no idea what he wanted to do. And, uh, and then he just, again, he fell in love with forced firefighting, but I mean, he wasn't in the, the best of er- areas, I guess, yeah. I guess in comparison to high level. Uh, but again, he, he's a, a wildland firefighter like myself and, and yourself. Mm. So, um, yeah, again, it was just, it was kind of like we had our differences for employment at the start, but then it kind of just, it kind of shifted and we kind of came close circle and mm-hmm. had the same interests at the end of the day. So it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Where do you see yourself? Come on in. Just waiting. Just waiting. Oh, Mark Waitson, rookie from hack one. How's it going? You're, you're, you're being recorded right now. Yeah, buddy. Oh, oh, hey, how you doing? This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the Jim Jeffries look like just mini version, but he's from Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, Glace yeah, Bay, right, and actually very funny enough, he's even more famous than we are because he had a nice article with him and his brother. Oh yeah, yeah, he's these the more famous brothers than uh, than Colin and Stuart, and they uh, they made it the Glace Bay front page too. What was what's the new, name of the newspaper? Uh, it would be the Cape Breton Post actually. Cape Breton Post. Yes, lovely, just lovely. So what are you saying? You got in your nice alpine helicopter's hat. Yeah, it's actually got this hat, hat. in Calgary. Yeah, actually, really nice, you yeah. still have the sticker on it. Every time I've seen you with a freaking hat on, you yeah, have a sticker. That, that makes it real. If the sticker, it looks like he's from Halifax. First time award, actually. Or Dartmouth. No joke, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what you said last time I was here too. No, it's it. First time award I had actually. <laughs> right on, right on. So we're doing a podcast right now. Uh, do you have any questions for Colin? They can answer. Trying to keep it PG rated or? Uh, yeah, just fair enough. Just don't want to upset the government of Alberta. They're going to high pitch and stuff like that. <laughs> well, if you're talking about work, we we had a deal today, and I thought you broke it. I went to the rec shack looking for you, but everything's good, man. Good job, great job. I thought Let's he went see. to bed or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I oh, did. there you yeah. go. Yeah. And uh, went knocking on doors, making sure things. Hey, you know what? Everything's all good, brother. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. yeah. I was very happy when I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll I'll be joining you shortly. No, so. yeah, for sure. No, thanks, man. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, you got a, you got a lineup now. No, I got I got a I got a stellar lineup. I got <laughs> that's, a, that's your last I got a half hour or so. Stellar lineup. Yeah. Yeah, but hey, Mark, we'll we'll be seeing you later. Right? Yeah, I. You'll you'll be out there for a bit longer, eh? Couple hours, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> out 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 in the out there. Doing stuff. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, that's, that's been waiting for a while. Yeah. Like, I keep bugging him. He's, he needs to do it before he goes. Yeah. Sean? Yes. Yeah. He's been there for like the last three weeks. I can take one for my brother, I guess. No, it's his. He needs to do it. Um, yeah, more questions here. You know, I think we're thinking about cutting it in two. I think we can just make whole, well, one uh, and make it shorter than with uh, Noah there. Our, mine and Noah's, we got like an hour and 45. I was like, fuck, we should cut in half, but <laughs> we'll see how she goes. Um, I was going to say, uh, where do you see yourself after uh, seasonal forestry? Like, And you're done with your uh, diploma, obviously. Uh, do, do you think you could be a ranger in Ontario, Alberta, maybe BC? Um, like, and then from there, like, where do you think you're going to keep going? Um, 
Unless never, hockey works out, you know, it'd be like a late like pickup, undrafted at thirty years old, like Tyler Johnson. Uh, I've, cool. I've, uh, I've, I've never really considered that the Ranger option in either Alberta or Ontario, but um, to get into the provincial hydro um, employment sector with Hydro One in Ontario would be fantastic because not only it's like my my cousin works there right now mm-hmm. and he's had nothing but like. He's had a, a solid life, not only financially, but um, this is all livelihood. I mean, he he doesn't wake up every day like hating work or anything like that. He's see you later, Mark. See you, Mark. See you in a bit. Sure, hey, of course. Guys, coming back up. Oh, yeah, about a half hour. Give us hundred percent. All right, see you later. Uh, so yeah, Hydro One. I've just heard nothing but good reviews from them, and uh, I would like to be a utility arborist. So basically, what that job entails is you're cutting down, you're making cut lines for hydro poles. Mm-hmm. Hydro poles meaning, <laughs> in Ontario terms compared to Alberta terms, is electrical wires and electrical poles getting put in for electricity. Telephones, power telephone. lines, yeah, like exactly. that. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. My, brother, my brother's is a power line tech. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that would be that would be uh, that would be the the end goal. Um, I would love I would love to do you know the hell attack program out here in Alberta for the next I don't know how many seasons. To be in charge of it. Or we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe be my boss. We'll see. Um, I've ne- yeah, but I've never really considered the ranger position or anything like that. Um, I don't know. There, there's just so many. There's just so many avenues in the forestry industry. Well, man, that have attracted me. So, but I, I, again, for like the, hopefully the the career defining job would be hundred mm-hmm. one, which would mm-hmm. be sweet. And again, it would be home in Ontario, somewhere in Ontario. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I am single at the moment, so I am I am willing to move wherever mm-hmm. employment is. So could be Kenora. Could be Kenora. You never know. Right next to Delta Greg. Delta Greg. Former podcaster. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what life has in store within the next 8 to 12 months. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, man. Um, we got one here that I just wrote up. How'd you get your nickname? And what is your nickname? Um, I've had a few. <laughs> uh, up here, at least. From <laughs> from here. your leader, so, Terry McLean. Well, uh, we'll, we'll start off with poops. <laughs> I think it's very self-explanatory. <laughs> Self-explanatory to you know to Lupa's uh, listeners here that um, with uh, with all the food that you're fed here, um, sometimes it just goes right through you, and you gotta go to the bathroom. So just to be blatant, I poop a lot, <laughs> and Chalupa here has definitely made made sure I keep you know that nickname. I think I've been one of the few. I think well, there's like it, three it, guys it's, around it's, here it's that you do know it. And Spence. Yeah. Spencer. That that keep it going and, and no one was the one that 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 gave me that crowned me. No one did. Yes. And oh, and, 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 guy. and, and uh, members. Oh, no. I, I knew were him you, for like a week. Were you roommates at all? Uh no, we were just down the hall but I mean, we had the same schedule. We were mm-hmm. members courses. So um so there was poops and then Mr or and then and then Carrie um called me Pedro and Pedro is uh, Spanish for fart, so he <laughs> called me. He, so he called me Pedo for a while before he left. Um, it, which is which is really funny from Kerry because he poops and farts a lot yes, too. Yeah, like it awful. Yeah, awful. Um, Being a sub leader last year, it was pretty painful. Yeah, and but that that name didn't stick long. The only person that would call me that is Mr. Peter West, who has uh, a geology job up in Nunavut now, but he was uh, also a hack member um, here at high level for the last few months. And tanker base beforehand. Yeah, and yeah. tanker base before too. So, great lad, yeah, great, great guy. Great lad. So he he was the one that kind of kept up the pedo the pedo nickname. Um, <laughs> no, 
Yeah. This is the sorry, you can't see the references, but he was a very funny like he had very oh, yeah. very funny mannerisms. Oh jeez. Yeah. Oh, here, here we got that. Here we got that. Kind of looks like Marc Andre Fleury. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 I get that now. Marc Andre Fleury with long hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're in a Golden Knights jersey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess before coming out here, um, one of my high school friends called me C. He was mm-hmm. the only person that called me C. So it was kind of cool that him and I had our own little nickname thing we had going on but the one with that stuck out the most was just Izzy mm-hmm. um, hockey coaches would usually call me that because I'd either be playing with my brother dude need a difference right? I would have called you Disneyland yeah honestly <laughs> like I, was, like, Disney or, I don't know Disneyland, Disneyland. <laughs> like, I don't even fucking care like yeah. how long and how many syllables there were yeah. just because the whole Michael Eisner thing yeah it, it just would have been and you know what you, your dad my dad is named Michael, Michael Eisner. Eisner yeah, so yeah I, was, I would just would have called yeah. you Disneyland I never the whole actually time. put that together. Or, or your br- you and your brother would be like Minnie and Mickey or yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's cool. I never thought of that. But, um, we're going to shout out to Brendan O'Brien, who I played um, Junior B with in, in, in Welland, who I met, what, what, like the team I mentioned earlier in our podcast. He was our captain. And for some odd reason, I don't know how it came to be, but uh, he called me Jizzy for the longest time. <laughs> he was the only person, he was one of like two or three guys on the team that year that would call me Jizzy and I had no idea why but you know what, it stuck and I felt very accepted on the team so I was like, screw it, well, well that's what it's going to be but it was, it was mostly in the last few years it's either been Izzy and most recently Poops. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, it kind of suits there. Yeah. But. Yeah, and you know, leading off into that into the hockey world from forestry we're going to yeah, kind yeah. of jump into the hockey world. Of course. Um, how did... So this is a a predominantly Ontario podcast, and I'm sure a lot of my friends, we never really talked about it, but I'm sure they knew a lot of guys that were like, you know, junior A, junior B, onto Ontario Hockey League kind of thing. How does that all start? Like, you're you're playing, and all of a sudden you're a midget, and you get noticed, and then you go up to... Um, I guess we'll start from the top, and I work to the bottom. You were on a practice squad for the Guelph Storm. Yes, sir. And your brother Stuart, twin brother, was um, also yeah on Guelph. As not well? not as not as long as me, yeah. But he was on the practice squad yes. for Guelph. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So okay. like it was it was basically just um, really intense summer training with Guelph. So I mm-hmm. trained with Guelph all summer, mm-hmm. and I had an opportunity to actually um, play preseason with them. So I actually never got like a full on exposure, but I had you know an experience in the OHL, mm-hmm. which I was very thankful for. Um, but I mean, I was twenty. I was turning twenty-one that year, so that's my overage year. And they're not gonna take you know two twenty-one-year-olds over um, people that they just drafted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, um, I was just I just soaked in as much as I could because you know I practiced with Rich Peverly. Yeah. Right. I my, my one of my favorite Boston Bruins players in, in in the heyday. Fantastic time. dude. Too. It, like yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, sidestep. But listeners who don't follow hockey, this guy is probably one of the toughest fuckers ever. Mm-hmm. He died on the ice. He had a heart attack and was clinically dead. Yeah. Dead. Because his heart stopped, I think for four minutes or something oh, like that. Like, like exactly. multiple minutes. Not just one or one and a half. Multiple minutes. Was revived and said, it's okay. Put me back on the ice. Yeah. I want to play. Yeah. And they had to cancel the fucking game and reschedule it. Like... That is fucking commitment. 
And yeah. you get football players that get flicked on the ear and they take a dive. I'm not trying to say that football is a bunch of, you know, sissies and all that kind of stuff. I just wish there was less diving and there'd be more accountability for yeah. it. You know, if somebody dives, yeah. give them a bit of a penalty or something like that. They can, like they do in American yeah. game football. But I digress. Um, Rich Peverly. Rich, Rich Peverly. Yeah. Fucking saint. Continue. He was, um, you know, making making a breakout pass to him. And him receiving my passes, it, you get all giddy inside. It's like I just passed up. I just I just made a pass for an NHL, like a current NHLer. Yeah. And then the next day when I when I came to another another training session, Fedor Tutin. Yeah. Who was with the Columbus, talking about him. the Columbus Blue Jackets at mm-hmm. that point, and so he's in the NHL too. He was my D partner for two days. I was like, mm-hmm. what, like, and this guy's like super Russian, by the way. Yeah. Like his face is all scratched up from the NHL and whatnot. And this is hockey career. And, super thick Russian accent and it was just, it was a very very good experience for me even though I didn't go any higher than that which I'm I'm not pissed about or anything like that. I'm mm-hmm. very happy with my hockey career one well so, sorry to interject yeah. but you really have to make a decision yeah if if you're really training for that you know commit for it you really got to make a lot of sacrifices yeah. whether it's relationships traveling education education even um you know just a, a fun social life very rarely can you play a sport you love and then do something you love as well. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember reading about. Um, I'm not much of a baseball fan, but I remember reading about a Blue Jays player um, before he got traded in some big deal. Yep. Uh, he was living in his van. Oh, he's van. A he's a pitcher. Yeah. 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 I think he went to the Tigers, and there was that yeah, that, that price deal. Yes. Um, he was living in his van, just doing his own thing, having fun and shit. Mm-hmm. And there's other guys that have. Um, worked as uh firefighters in the off season kind of thing like just like a structural firefighter gig yeah. for a bit yeah. and yeah it was just unreal um engelstadt I, I put up a post a little while about him pardon me and he had a big fight with darcy hordachuk in the ihl really and he's actually a firefighter in fort McMurray. no way and he was fighting the fire last year no I'll way. show you the fucking thing I, I put course. up on my f- Facebook. That's but it was like, it's regarded as one of the greatest fights of all time. I, I got it from Jay Baruchel when he was talking with Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, no way. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I think the whole TV show Goon, or sorry, the movie is uh, Goon is based on me. And he's like, well, no, it's not. It's based on somebody else, but enlighten me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, they say that one of the best fights of all time is my fight with Darius Hordachuk in the IHL. Here's the link for it, and he looks and he's like, holy fuck, that is a really fucking good fight. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, and even Jay Bruchel gives him a fucking props at this time of year. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, well, I forget what date it was, but he goes, yeah, a, a structural firefighter in Fort Murray, and with the whole thing that happened in Fort Murray last year, it's yeah. just like, holy fuck, that's awesome. So I was like really intrigued, so I did a little bit of research, found him on Wikipedia. He is still a, a structural firefighter in Fort Murray and, ha- and was during the um, the Rage of the Beast. Yep. And he was in the IHL and he actually got drafted. Who did he get drafted by? I forget who he got drafted by. I want to say Washington. Yep. Um, but he his fight with the Hordachuk was absolutely unbelievable. That's sweet. And he's just throwing bombs. They're both just throwing yeah. bombs for like a solid minute 45, maybe two minutes. Yeah. And it was just beautiful. I'll have to show it to you later. But it's just amazing. Yeah. Um, but you, but you just gotta respect those guys that do something else. You know they're, they're not they're not, the, they're not the big time. You know they're not like Stamkos or McDavid or Crosby where they have all they do is hockey and train and stuff like that because yeah. there's a liability and that insurance that they have to market. Where if you have a guy that's like bottom six, 
kind of between minors and pro. Just a big old grinder. He can do something, yeah. right? They're like, okay, yeah, you can play lacrosse or MMA in the off season as long as you're, you know, you're gonna be back here, like exactly. Newcastle or something like that. And so with this a Blue Jays player, where he's just his camper van traveling around North America and living yeah. his life, fishing or doing whatever, I'm like. That is the fucking dream for me. That's super cool. Where you could play a sport that you absolutely love and then just still be a regular yeah. person and like and reward yourself. Yeah. Because when I finished high school at 19, I went to the Maritimes, then I went to Australia, and I drove around the continent and <laughs> for fucking seven months and worked at a brew pub and mm. I bought I bought a car. You you couldn't do that if you were a prof professional hockey player, and that's why I really up get upset when people say, "Oh, this guy doesn't deserve the eight point five million a year that he's getting." Who are you to fucking say that? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, as a fan, I'm like, well, it'd be nice if he took a two million dollar cut so that his team could do this and everything. And you, you being a Canadiens fan, you can understand that. Yeah, you know, with Price's contract, oh, yeah. he's worth it, but it'd still be nice if he took a bit of a cut. Now, who are you to fucking say that? He's got his parents to look after, he's got his family to look after, he's got himself to look after, and, you know, if he's getting married, he's got a girlfriend, who knows what's mm -hmm. going on, but he's earned it. Mm -hmm. No matter what you say, no matter what you think he yeah. hasn't done for the team and hockey, that life's journey, he didn't grow up having a normal fucking life. He had a hockey life or a sports life. Yeah. You know, an exceptional person's yeah. life. And I think the difference between my life and um those those even you had a different life than typical teenager I, in high school man yeah i mean i i i definitely i mean you know you, you go through that, that high school drinking phase um i was introduced that to that very late not only because i had you know i had, I had fantastic parents i didn't want to let them down or anything like that so i i got i got introduced that super late and um i wanted to focus more on hockey and I mean I think I had a pretty cool you know triple A career I played against some players that are now in the NHL like you know Tyler Sagan I played against uh, uh, Christian Thomas who's uh, Steve Thomas's Mr. Stumpy Thomas's uh, son <laughs> yeah. and I think he's in Arizona or Washington system now in Hershey yeah one of the two Steve uh, Thomas played for Arizona so I wouldn't be surprised yeah um, and um, who else did I play against uh, there's a bunch of guys in the show now so I mean again I was I was exposed to that triple A nature where you know you're you're playing against guys that were ultimately like they were just supposed to go to the NHL. Uh -huh. I was not one of those guys, but I mean at least I got that exposure even when I was young. And, um, yeah, I again I didn't have those I didn't have a I didn't have a set of parents that were like go 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 like this is this is your only livelihood this is who you are you're just a hockey player that's uh -huh. it. My parents like you're made to do this. My like my parents were so set on me being a teacher because I'm so I'm very personable. I'm oh. very outgoing. I, I have no. You're charismatic, man. Yeah, and I just yeah. I, I have no problem talking with people, and I, I work well with kids and adults, and so I mean, yeah, I was I was, I, I I knew I was prepared for that at some point in my life, but I never wanted to give up that competitive edge in hockey, so that's why I continued my my hockey career in the. Well, album. you're good at it too. And, and, and well, I, I did my job. Like, you you you're a defenseman, sorry. Yeah, like. yeah I, I did my job, and, and and some coaches were very pleased with that. So, mm -hmm. um, I I want to again, I want to keep my competitive edge in the Allen Cup Hockey League, and uh, which is a senior AAA league, which is actually competed around the whole country. That's the one you're going for right now. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be the team I hopefully sign back with uh, in Hamilton there with the Steelhawks. 
uh, this upcoming September. So actually a short few weeks actually. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm playing with players that used to play in the NHL, AHL, mm-hmm. Europe. Yeah. OHL, WHL, <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. the QMJHL. Like my D partner when I was in, in Hamilton played in the Q in uh, Moncton. Mm-hmm. Bobcats? The, the Wildcats. Wildcats. Something cats. No, it's fine. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sure they even forget about it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, it's just cool when you when you like when you when you come across play like the teams like that where like there are these old guys that are super out of shape, but mm-hmm. they got drafted to the NHL, but they just want to keep playing because they just love it, mm-hmm. right? And and sure, and then they just go home and they resume their lives after, right? It's just it's a cool feeling. I mean, you can have that competitive awesome edge of hockey such good quality hockey but then you go next day to work and then you resume life it's just it, it, it's, a, it's a very good balance mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to get at so hopefully I can get back at that with um, with evolving school and and coinciding that with hockey so hopefully that works out yeah. so at what point did you, did you and your parents notice that it wasn't so much just a hobby or a fun competitive sport anymore and that you might have a shot to go yeah. to the OHL and maybe further. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I'm not sure if I... You and your brother. Yeah, um, well, my, my brother was on a, lack of a better term, a shittier team mm-hmm. than I was in our, in our second year junior. Uh, he got traded from the team I was on. Very long story that I won't get into, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so I was playing a few games in Welland, again, the junior Canadians, and I got scouted by Vancouver. So there's a scout from Vancouver. I had no idea he was at any of my games. He came so this, this is even before you were even, like, sm- smelled from yeah. the OHL. Yeah, um, and I had no idea. And one of, it was our 16-year-old, it was our actual rookie. His old man had really good, uh, had a, he had a buddy that was a scout in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and he passed my name along. Again, I had no idea this, had, this happened. Yeah. And uh, my dad used to... Uh, when he was on my games, he used to hang out with my the sixteen year old's dad. Like they used to kind of just stand in the corner, like mm-hmm. their own little corner away from all the you know hectic parents and all. Yeah, yeah. They can be aggravating. The other hundreds, if not thousands, of the of, of fans that would be in the um the arenas. All the puck bunnies. And yeah, all that basically. Stuff. Um, and he's like, yeah. So I had like a buddy that's scouting for Vancouver, and you know he really likes what you know Colin's doing. I was like, that's really cool, and. I mean, I mean, I'm in junior B, and it 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 was one of the best leagues, I think. It's and it still is for you know NHL scouting and whatnot. But just to even get looked at by an NHL club period was, I think, an accomplishment in itself. Mm. Um, so that was a really good um, feeling. But you know what? I mean, nothing obviously worked out, and and I'm, I accepted that. I yeah, I'm not like some of those those AAA kids I was growing up with. Like some of these kids, like bawled their eyes out. Like they cried so much when they didn't get drafted. Yeah. Right and I didn't. I wasn't. Even, I didn't care. I mean, it's just. It's just. It's just another hockey league. I'm sure you've seen worse, but like oh, I, I, I've I've played in these um, fun draft tournaments. I've told you about them before. Yeah. And we get guys that like tell us what to do because they played junior B. Yeah. And this is like, yeah. It's it's that's fun. cool. Like I, I didn't start playing hockey till I was 24. Like it, it, <laughs> you, you know. Well, for starters, you're never too young to start hockey. No, Never. no, 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 and, no, no. Uh, of course not, of course not. But it's it's just funny when you're like, yeah. you're like, you're getting this momentum going, and you're like, all right, I've started playing. I, I'm, like, people tell me I've been growing and all this stuff, and like, you get somebody that's like, okay, I played junior B, and you were the worst fucking player I've ever seen play. 
That's like, dude, well, yeah, but, who but, are you to tell me? This is the perfect, the perfect chirp is like, but we're playing on the same sheet of ice. I think we're the same, you know, level of player. No fucking kidding. Right? It's that's like, a good one. We're, we're both playing at the same. Never said that before. Right? But, that's but, a good it, one. but it's like, it's like, especially in a fun it's draft like, tournament. Okay, you know what I mean? Garbage for for chirping. You know, me or whoever else at Shinny or like... That's uh, when you start pulling with the letter Kenny. Oh, God. You, just start <laughs> ri- you, just, you strip, it, strip his manhood away from it. Yeah. It's like, we're playing the same level of ice or the same sheet of ice. So that means we're playing the same level of hockey. So it's just your fault that you can't get around me or I'm that shit player that you can't get around because you're trying to dangle me. But all I have to do is a poke check and then that's it because you're trying to be too fancy because you think you can just go through everyone. Yeah. And it's, it's, just, it's just funny because, I mean... Half the time when I was playing, you know, college hockey, which was last year, I mean, it wasn't real college hockey. Mm-hmm. It was like I had to wear a cage in a neck guard. I haven't worn a cage in a neck guard in six years. Mm-hmm. So, and if someone was on a breakaway, I'd be like, just do it. It's yeah. not like I wasn't trying. It's just like, you know what? This is fun hockey, right? Mm-hmm. Although I probably got, I, I did get kicked, I got kicked out of every tournament I was in last year. It was still fun. <laughs> it, was, it was still ice hockey, right? It was, yeah. it was still fun. But I mean, yeah, it it's... I love it now, but I do miss the competitive edge. So that's why I'm trying to get back in the training camp. Best luck to you, man. Yeah, that'll be a great yeah, time. I hope everything works out. Hopefully, now. I can go fucking see you play a game, and I'll I'll, I'll send you a link to the the fun draft tournaments that we do because sure. there there is one that goes to Toronto. I think there's one that goes to Montreal, yep. Boston, Chicago. They go all over the place. I'm an hour from Toronto, and I'm four hours from Montreal. Yeah. So I'll I'll send you the link to the actual um, NCHL. Yeah. And then they, they go all over the place. So. Of course, man. We'll see how it goes yeah, and stuff because it'd be fun to play on the ice with you for yeah. sure. You know, road hockey. Like, but even just have to have a. I'm a lot on better the on the road, yeah. on, on, on the on the pavement yeah. than I am on the ice, mind but you. Even, but even a just really a, shitty beer league version of Ryan Smith. <laughs> hey, that's still a compliment. No, no, really really, a it. really shitty version of him. <laughs> Again, that's still a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> to get compared to an NHL, whether you're shit or not, it's I've still scored a more goals than my ass than my actual blade. So again, that's Ryan Smith <laughs> in a nutshell, right? So perfect, perfect. Yeah, um, I was gonna ask you, what's the best chirp you've ever heard on the ice? Uh man, you're really digging deep into my brain here. Or um, that you've delivered one of the two. Like you've ever got like under somebody's skin because oh, you're not really a goon, but you are. You are tougher on your team. You're yeah. tougher in your team. Yeah, I'm, I like to take. You know, I would say you're like a giant boy chuck. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, where he's got some offensive flair. Yeah. But at the same time, he, he, he same it's time. like dish it out if he needs to. Earlier, yeah. Brooks Orpic. Yeah. Um. Or Matt Niskanen. Matt Niskanen. <laughs> Throw them all over the place. Holy cow. Um, Adam Foote. Holy. Stop <laughs> that. Um, so trying to dig into the memory bank here. I think it might have been just like this last year. Yeah? I don't I don't know. Like It was in a college tournament. And so we're playing against Trent University, which is the big university in Peterborough. Um, and they don't have like a, a CIS team, which is a Canadian internet. Inter... Oh man, it's gonna, I, I'm butchering it already. Something, something sport. Not in, important in, enough in, for in, you. In, I think it's inter-university sport or something. Yeah. And the the provincial name is the OUA, which is Ontario University of Athletics or something. Anyway, so Trent doesn't have an actual varsity club. It's mm-hmm. a club team. So our college team would play against their university team. And their captain was their, was their rugby captain. Holy fuck. So I looked at him like, okay, you're kind of stocky, but you're not really like, whatever. And people were like, okay, he's going to, you know, try and chirp everyone. I was like, all right, whatever. And 
you know, since I started post-secondary education, I've paid for it my way, mm. right? And, um, and I've been as responsible and as individual as I can. Obviously, you're going to rely on mom and dad sometimes. That's, mm-hmm. that's understandable. So, as I got older, I made more money and I can pay for everything. So, we're in this, we're in this we, we, we knocked him out of this tournament, but this guy's trying to, like, he's trying to fight me and all this stuff. I'm like, man, I got another game to play. I'm like, I'm not going to fight you. Like, what's it worth to you? Because like, I just want to beat the shit out of you. I'm like... But why? Like, what's that gonna? What's that gonna? It, it, I almost like started interviewing, interviewing him on the ice. And <laughs> because just, you're natural. I, you're natural. And I just made, I just made him think so hard and <laughs> told him. And then so he started chirping he me pissed more. Him, pissed yeah. himself while yeah. thinking so hard. He just started thinking more and more and trying to chirp me. And I just like I just laid into him like, you know what, man? Like I'm I'm just sitting here having a ball and you're just chirping me over like realistically a worthless game. I'm just with all my friends here on the team just having fun and you're just trying to take me off my game like we're winning 5-1 like what are you trying to accomplish here like I've accomplished more in my life than you have in this game <laughs> and I told I, I, I took his manhood away I'm like, I'm like wow. you know what man I pay for everything at school you know what I mean you're at university do your mom and dad pay for your tuition they probably do because look at you man and, I, and like he had he took his helmet off like with a haircut like that your mom and dad probably pay for that haircut I just took, I stripped his manhood away from him and <laughs> And uh, he had nothing to say to me after, like, we got in the handshake after the game. And he just, you know, shook my hand. He's like, you know, good game. I was like, good game. And I got over it. Um, it was just, it was just so stupid. Like, it's, it's, I, I just, it's funny how some people can just dish it out, but they can't take it. Yeah. And uh, you know what? When I know I'm beat, I know I'm beat. If I'm not beat, then I'll just continue to dish it out. But there's just, there's just so many chirps, man. I could go on, but do do you, have you ever like regretted a hit or regretted something you said to somebody? Um, like, like I've oh, never I mean, that was a bit too far. I've never made like a, a racial term or 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 a, a sexually oriented chirp before because I just know better. I mean, it just comes down to common sense. Because oh, like, because when someone makes that kind of a chirp to you. They're unoriginal and they're not actually thinking. <laughs> you just like you just recycled that. If not, you're making either a homophobic slur or a sexual slur or you know a gender identity or any, anything like that. It's just like it's like I, I was more so going like, uh, like if you say anything like like say a, a mother or you like oh. maybe, maybe you knew the guy and you knew like say yeah. say you you and this guy were friends like how you and your brother got traded from different yeah. spots like you knew this guy and you're like oh well fuck you like like I I. I Listeners, I don't know anything about his teammates or anything like that, but like, just in theory, this would be really harsh, and I think I would have taken offense to it. But it's just like, oh well, fuck you, like you can't do this. Like maybe that's what your dad would say if he was yeah. still around or something like that. Like, or you're like, eh, maybe I crossed a bit too far or something like that. I, man, you know what? Like, it, I've never really got involved with that because, like, from my point of view, like my family kind of veered away from all that political crap mm-hmm. with hockey. So mm-hmm. I mean, I never got. Um, um, introduced that I kind of chirp me, I guess. I mean, because I just let other people do it and made them look either they looked awesome when they chirped or they just got insulted and looked like idiots. So I just kind of let them get mm-hmm. do their own thing because I mean, I just I cared more about how my brother and I played. I mean, again, it's as, as selfish as that sounds. I mean, some of the teams I played for growing up were terrible, mm. right? And again, I whoever is listening to this and if it's some people I grew up playing hockey with, I mean, probably agree with me. We have some pretty shitty teams but um yeah i uh i never got exposed to any like like chirps that were like towards my family or anything like that like some people would talk about like my sister or something but you know then i direct my 
my chirp back at their own sister mm-hmm. or a hot cousin or something like that. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? So like it, it, it would be like jokingly and I, 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 I really never had a bad encounter with that. That's if that's, good. If that's answers your question. Yeah, no, yeah. pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Well, Cause I, I just see some like hockey news stuff where they, yeah. go, they, they, they like to ask, ask some of the agitators. It's like, Oh, what's the best chirp you've ever heard? And this and that. And like I remember seeing like Steve Ott interview where it's just like, he'd learned Finnish to like learn how to say, I'm gonna attack you like a spider monkey yeah. in Finnish. So you yeah. can say that like Yusjokinen or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. whoa, you just said that's me in my native tongue, like precisely yeah. like how it's supposed to be said. That's very intimidating by you. Yeah. <laughs> and like if, good for you taking that time. Yeah. If this wasn't over beers right now, man, I would be able to dig back into some memory and and probably pick something because I have I have just I have so much hockey experience where i just well, this I don't know is where it's nice that we can redo another episode that's also very true and then i could give you like a month's notice and you could like write a bunch down Dude. you could go to your brother and be like what are some nice ones Dude. that you've heard too and you know what man we can just we can do a podcast in the mountains you know what we can yeah. do whatever we want right All on the top of the fucking ski hill with some beers boom exactly Amen. exactly um i just wanted to close up here uh you that you and your brother did play hockey together yep. uh what was that like playing with him Fantastic. I mean, there was there was moments where we got overprotective of each other. So, <laughs> again, actually, as recent as this year, um, to pick out of like a, just a memory right off the top of my head, where um, yeah, Stu just like Stu like in, in in the college league that I played in, there's no hitting, mm. physical uh, hitting or anything like that. So, which obviously took away like ninety five percent of my game. <laughs> yeah. So um my brother got Colin's like about six foot three and probably about two hundred and twenty pounds. <laughs> Thanks man. Um and my brother got um uh he hit someone. But like just like rubbed them out along the boards. Like nothing like a ref would be like, okay, that's not a nice like, rub hit. out. Yeah. <laughs> but n- n- nothing like it would be like, okay, that's not a hit, that's just like, you know, hard nosed hockey in the corners kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. this guy just didn't like it, and you can tell he was a little bit younger, like actually probably significantly younger, maybe like five years younger than us. Yeah, and he just went up and pitchforked Stu right in the nuts. Oh, stick! Oh, and fuck. I, hate that, do, I hate that shit. And then huh? Colin, myself, I just snapped. I jumped over the boards. I went all Hanson Brothers on the guy. Over the boards. I jumped over the boards. I jumped onto his bench. I grabbed this guy, ripped his cage off, and I just hit him in the face once. I'm like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs> He's like, you punched him, and he like. Okay, let's have a talk. Like I grabbed him. Like we're, I grabbed we're having, we're having a and there's a, there a guy on my arm here. I was like, <laughs> like you're not gonna fucking do anything because I can just release this guy. It was man. I, I, for the thing, I've never done anything like that before because yeah. it's just like, I mean, I'm older, so I can, I can recognize these things a lot easier, yeah. a lot quicker, right? And this kid's like, oh, well, like you know, what's the difference between me spearing your brother or whoever it was and and, and you jumping over the bars? Like, there's a, a clear difference between that. One thing I'm sticking up for not only my brother but a teammate yep. for doing a dirty play, and I'm at least facing you, mm-hmm. whereas you're behind my brother, you're pitchforking him from behind. Yeah, it's like, come on, man! Like, at least I have the nuts to actually like. Who are you, Crosby? Right. Like, come on. <laughs> so and then again, and then he would just start. And this was a guy from the the University of Waterloo. They had they have their own uh, varsity hockey team that would play, you know, other universities, but they had their own club hockey team too. So. Mm-hmm. I just again, I just laid it to this kid, and he had nothing to say back. It's like, it's, yeah. But anyway, in summary, like we get overprotective of each other, but we'd also get into some really heated battles on the bench. Yeah. Meaning, like my brother had a really short temper for the longest time, and slap a stick on the ice, slap a stick on the boards, glass. Yeah. Yeah, or whatever. And yeah. I'd be like, stew, man. If there's someone in, like, there's someone like you know, there could be someone in the, in the stands watching you, scouting you, like. 
like have some like self control. He tell me to go fuck myself or this and that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. You know what to do, man. You're upset. Yeah. You know. if, if if you're gonna be like this, then reactionary. If you're gonna be like that, fine. I'm gonna worry about myself and the rest of the team. But then you know, I mean, like, I can control myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I get the emotions get better of me, but I mean, at least I can recognize. What I think jump over the boards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you get a, sus- a suspension for that or no? The game was over. Oh, fair enough. It was at the end of the game. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was the last like thirty seconds or something. So I mean, we are the lost. So yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, though, even playing against him in our one year of junior was really funny because I like the first time we ever played against each other. So my brother and I have this ritual where we you know warm up together. We do you know our saucer passes along center ice there. Uh-huh. Um, and we you know. Just we do this we do this ritual <laughs> thing. Um, so then we were on the opposing sides of the center ice line. You 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 saw some murder mysteries together. Yeah, like we the Eisner boys. Yeah, like we were stretched because like, <laughs> we usually stretch beside each other and do our pregame stretches and whatnot. And um, so we have both linesmen on each side of the red line there, just in case of you know fighting or something that happens. Yeah, yeah. The, pre, the pregame uh, Hanson brothers warm up. Yeah. And my brother and I are just looking at each other like, this is fucking weird, isn't it? He's like, this is the first real time we actually played against each other. The, the ref, I remember this, it was at Stony Creek Arena, or Valley Park Arena in Stony Creek. Actually, around the corner from the Spencer's house. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the ref was just like sitting there like this. He's like, just looking at us from like side to side, on like each side of the red line. Like, are you guys twins? And I looked at him like, what the fuck gave it away? <laughs> and he just laughed and I was like yeah that was our first real encounter playing against each other but we also felt like we were playing with each other too because yeah. I mean, we're playing on the same sheet of ice right yeah well and like you're defending him for the first time yeah. right like yeah. like so besides practice yeah yeah you're following him you're following his movements yeah. he's trying to avoid you and all that kind of stuff because he's he's a forward Stewart's a forward yeah uh, very skilled too from what you're telling yeah, me he's, yeah. and you're very stand up def- uh, defensive defenseman so it, it, it's got to be kind of a beautiful thing where on some, when you're on the same team, you're yeah. kind of trying to create a play together. Mm-hmm. And then when you're playing against each other, you're trying to create that play to stop him. Yeah. And he's trying to create the play to get past yeah, you exactly. and your team. Yeah. So, and it was weird because I would have, I would have some success against his team. He would have all the success against our team. And really? I would look at my coach. I'm like, this is the fucking player you traded. Mm-hmm. And, you have no idea how many players, like, every t- player that was on our team is like, why did you, you know, cut him? And, and not just you guys bought a car together. Well, basically, yeah. <laughs> we bought our, four, you know, 1998 Ford Contour together. Right? <laughs> um, it was just, it was... I could have sold you my van. <laughs> I know. Ran like a dream, by the way. Like, Thank you. Anyway, um... That's two times I've heard people say that. Yeah. Um, it, uh, I mean, those things kind of happen in life, and, you know, I, I, I went to, I went to see my old team in Welland again, play... Uh, last year against uh, my hometown team of Caledonia and I went up to the coaching staff and and uh, you know said hey you know how's it going blah blah, blah. and then some of the training staff would come up and was like I still can't believe they made that trade for your brother and this was five years ago wow right <laughs> this is big news in that yeah area, eh? yeah it was just it was I mean it, it's kind of cool to think that they still appreciate us you know together and whatnot so it, yeah I mean yeah it was it was really cool growing up and playing hockey with them and against them yeah yeah right yeah man so what are you looking forward to most when you go back home uh family 100% friends that you just saw two weeks ago yeah. that's pretty gay Right. Kidding. <laughs> kidding. Kidding. Well, I mean, actually, I, my, my parents are flying out to Newfoundland, so I get the whole house no to way. myself. Yeah. Is, there, is there family there, or is uh, no, a trip? just, they want spontaneous trip. They've, they've always wanted to go out there. Now that your mom's tried some more craft breweries? 
You'll yeah. let her know there's a lot of crap brews in St. John's. Well, when she's with my dad, she will, they will definitely. And they're getting that. screeched in? I hope so. I, I At least I hope my dad does. Good stuff. Um, so my parents are going to be gone when I get home. So I'll, I'll actually be, you know, darting up to uh, Muskoka, see Noah. Just darting up there. Yeah, darting up there. And Fucking you and Noah, eh? He, great Imagine game. if you guys played hockey together. We actually, he did play the same level of hockey as me when yeah. we were a little bit oh, younger, yeah, but yeah. he was in the northern, uh, division and I was in the southern way division. up north in Huntsville in Huntsville so you play for the Otters I played for Grimsby I saw their fucking logo it looks stupid as shit he even, he even mentioned that to me he was like yeah well, Buffalo Sabres root and looks stupid we're the blues and look nice yeah the, the ugly buffalo colors yeah but yeah. um <laughs> yeah so I'll be seeing him which is gonna be nice because I haven't been to Muskoka I used to go up there almost like every winter when I was in university because I, I had a really kick-ass roommate that lived or that was from Muskoka um, and we could do, you know, snowmobiling trips. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it'd be nice to go up there again in the summertime. I haven't been up there in a while. So, I'll be seeing him, family, and I'll just be getting ready for school and kind of relaxing for like a week and a half before I go back to school. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be nice to me at school. Right on, man. Here in Ontario. Any, uh, any good books you've been reading this uh, summer? Um, uh, I've been reading two. Yeah. And That's a lot more than I have. Right? <laughs> um, I forgot the title of this book. Uh, uh, I think it's called The Wars. I think that's what it's called. And it's based on... I'm a, I'm a big war military yeah, history yeah. freak. And it's about this guy. It's a fictional story based on real events. Is this Timothy Finley? Uh, I can't remember the author. Sorry. It's super short? Like less than 200 pages? Uh, like Canadian? Canadian? Like 300 pages. Uh, yes, it's Canadian. Uh, it's based on a character outside of Kingston. Okay. Based out of Kingston. He's in charge of a... Um, a cavalry unit... Or a unit... But he's also in charge of 140, 140 horses. Yeah. So it, it basically kind of just, it's a fictional story about his life revolving around real. Does uh, he, does he, uh, so I read a book in high school that was called The Wars. Did he have a sister that had water on the brain? I don't know. Did he get raped at the end? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I haven't finished the book. It was a pretty intense book. It was very, very descriptive. Um, I can show you, but I, just, I didn't finish the book. I, I honestly, I read like the first eighty pages in one day, mm -hmm. and then like fires just started, and I just like lost. It's a time. super fast read. Yeah, it's so. like three hundred pages, I think. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But it, again, Canadian book yeah. and everything. And then, we'll figure it out. Sorry, yeah. spoiler alert, everybody, if yeah. I ruined it for you. But it's a good uh, book. Read yeah. it, Canadian uh, legend. And then I was reading this my my book or my mom gave me this book before I stepped on the plane to come out here uh, mm -hmm. back in April um, and it was Tales of the North by I forget it's a very famous author I forget wrote this you know wrote this book back in the late 1900s mm -hmm. um, so reading it was like you know it was it was like very very proper Victorian-ish yeah um, uh, um, literature and it described like up here very like I mean it was it was based more like Alaska and like you know yeah in some southern snowy states like the Dakotas and whatnot to talk about like black spruce and stuff I'm like wow this is like northern Alberta <laughs> it was such a cool read yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it, there was a lot it was like fifteen short stories in this one book cool um and it was just all about like the frigid you know northern landscape of canada and the united states so it yeah. was it was a cool read so those are the only books i really got to and then i have like a trees in canada book that kind of coincides with school and i kind of mm -hmm. read on certain trees in certain areas of the of, yeah. of the country yeah yeah i was i was i i recently finished um 
This one is called the uh, the Lost Patrol, and it's a true story about I believe 14 RCMP members that uh, got lost and eventually died. Spoiler alert! Um, in case you didn't know, in the last 200 years, yeah, uh, not 200 years, maybe 150. Yeah, uh, in the Yukon, they yeah. were doing a patrol between Fort uh, Fort McPherson and Dawson City, and they, I would say the first. First three fifths of the book were very slow, and you kind of just got to get an understanding of like what's going on, and everything. It's, yep. it's very, being very historically accurate and then setting the scene. But the last few chapters, holy man, did they hit like hard, and you're just like, wow, holy fuck, that is intense. They're talking about guys that were starving, they got lost, they had to eat their sled dogs. Yeah. And they're planning yep. like yeah, how yeah. far because they they get so far and they have to turn back, and they're going back to uh, Fort McPherson. Uh, and trying to make it back in time, and there's two guys that were the younger ones of the troop that were left behind uh, at one spot, and one died, and the other one shot himself in the head. Uh, they don't, and they even speculate this. They they say it in the book, it's like they weren't sure if he just wanted to shoot himself in the head because he didn't want to go through all this pain and suffering, yeah. or if he didn't want to suffer through cannibalism. Yeah, you know, well, because it was, it's one thing yeah. to like look at your friend and be like, I could eat him right now, yeah. even though you would never do that. Yeah. But when Last desperate story. times, desperate measures. Yeah, it was it was like this 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 fifteen short stories story book that I I read and how you know these two guys and their dog sled team would be out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by all the spruce trees, you know, pine trees and whatnot. It was very descriptive of what <laughs> species of trees were in it, but. Um, and there's there's one there's one you know moonlit night where they'd be having their you know they'd be having their soup around mm-hmm. a campfire, and their you know their their huskies would would be you know falling asleep, mm-hmm. and then and they veered in the darkness and there are these eyes, yeah. right? And there are these you know pack of wolves that come in and it just gives like a really really rugged experience of what probably a lot of travelers and pioneers went through when you know long before cars and all this other modern technology came to play where dog saying was the way of transportation of yeah. the north right so it was it was a very good it was, it's a very good read um for me coming up here because i mean even in summer the landscape up here is super rugged and yeah just super challenging which is fucking sweet and so. you backtrack 20 years the landscape is completely different like Boom. a lot of these paved roads were gravel Mm-hmm. just 20 years ago yeah exactly. unbelievable to think especially when you're from the southern ontario exactly. region yep. um with this uh, the Lost Patrol book, one thing that really threw me off was how tough these fucking guys were. Yeah. Not just because, like, <clears throat> hey, they're in a job, they're way up north, they're away from their families in the early, early 1900s, but uh, they're cutting trees down, cutting brush in the early 1900s before they had chainsaws in minus 20 at the warmest to minus 50 in yeah. the coldest yeah. and they are surviving off of bacon and pancakes every morning and every evening and an axe <laughs> and an axe just to cut that really too, no so. exactly and yeah. they're following along this river and they're meeting up with uh indigenous uh guides and all that kind of stuff that's their really that's their only lifeline yeah and I think the book goes into detail of what their follies were and what you know, they could have done differently and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But it, it, when you're reading it, like, obviously hindsight is 20-20, but you're looking at this and you're like, wow, everybody's vulnerable. Even these guys that were RCMP, 
because you don't hear a whole lot of mistakes by a, a large number over 10 RCMP members, and this happened. Yeah. One of the greatest tragedies in the RCMP history of Canada. You know, I say of Canada because the RCMP have you know, gone to the States and other places too, but mm -hmm. just absolutely unbelievable. Canadians that are listening to this, do your history, um, you know, check out some cool Canadian stories, you know, you don't need to always look to Europe or the States for nope. good stories. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's yeah. pretty much that wraps it up for now. Uh, we've been, we're almost at the two-hour mark, so I think we'll cut it off sh that there. Um, yeah, anything to close it up with there, Colin? Um, in all, <clears throat> uh, my whole experience up here in Northern Alberta has been absolutely fantastic. I've learned a lot of about myself, a lot about, or a lot about other people as well, and um, how I've gained a, a, a bigger appreciation for the uh, the environment, um, certain personalities <laughs> among people, and um, I like, again I could go on and on, but again like you know I could I could promote the Alberta Wildfire Program for hours, but. Um, yeah, just living up here, meeting all the people that I've met up here, especially Mr. Chalupa here. Uh, oh, that's my dad. Just call me Chalupa. <laughs> just Chalupa. Well, he well, he was I a teacher. He was a teacher, yeah. so that, well, Mr. Tettle goes far. Mr. Chalupa Lupa Lupa here. <laughs> um, everyone's made me feel right at home, and it's been a fantastic season of fire, and uh, I can't wait for it to come back out next summer. That's awesome, so man. It's, it's, been a, it's been a great, and um, I'm happy to be here, man. And obviously, I'm not really sure where I'll be ended up uh, by next summer, but if I do have the free chance to reapply to come back up north, I sure as hell hope I see you again, man. Oh, yeah, man. I'll be loving to screen more of your shots, and if I'm playing against you, I'll block a few more of your Boom. sissy slap shots. Or just run me over. I think I still have a mark on my fucking right <laughs> thigh there on the inside. I took a good slap shot. Yeah. It's almost like a Shea Weber if he was playing street <laughs> hockey. Like, really, it's pretty fucking brutal. We should get a Weber Canadian's jersey that you can run around with because Sean that. had that Markov jersey that hung yeah, up there for so long and I was like, I was like, not there poor Sean, poor Sean. Not there anymore. Who knows what he's going to do with it. But, right on. That's yeah, fantastic, man. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for listening. Um, sorry, it lasted a bit longer. I figured I would just keep going. Didn't want to, want to cut it off. I figured the flow was really nice, so... Hope you enjoyed it, and hopefully next time you'll enjoy it again. Have a good night.